October. So you just started drinking alcohol. All right, guys, I'm the only one drinking alcohol right That's now. Right. These guys are trying to convince me mm -hmm. to become sober. I said it's not happening. That's right. to me, you gentlemen. need to be relaxed. I need to be relaxed. Anyway, wow. Let me just ease into this thing right now. Welcome to mm -hmm. Sawscast, baby. This is where finance meets romance. Only here on Valuetainment, number one channel on the planet for entrepreneurs. My name is Adam Sazik. My friends call me Saz, as you know, and I'm here for one reason, to help you men out there, and even some of your women out there, improve your status, get you paid, laid, and do it your way. And I got legends and experts, but only sober, in the building today. You know you oh. got a good show when you have a catch line. Mm. When you have a catch line, you know you're, you're, you're moving up. Paid, laid, mm -hmm. and do it your way. I mean, that's where <laughs> finance meets romance. Not in the house. Anyway, Trademark welcome that. back, Rolo Tomasi, Hello. the OG, the godfather of the red pill, author of The Rational Male. When was the The person who taught me about intersexual dynamics. I just oh. thought it was men and women dating and banging. You said, no, buddy, 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 buddy. <laughs> intersexual dynamics. The last time you were here with me, it's been a couple months. Uh, I think it was July, actually. No, I was it on with Ruslan. It was Ruslan when I was, was on. Was that Hammer. the well, last? Was it was in the vault. And now we got a and new set. Have this brand new think? set up here. It's great, man. And who's this hot, like successful, around. amazing dude uh -oh. you brought with you? No, I'm looking at you, Michael Sartain. I brought you the king of Las Vegas is who I brought. I heard that, and I've mm. seen that. I've noticed that. Las Vegas, nightlife. But I, what I learned is you were in the Air Force. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, you know, you... You're not just some random dude that's a club promoter. You've put in some work yeah. to become who you are now. Um, you, you're also your MOA mentorship. Yes, MOA mentoring. Yeah. Okay, I want to hear about that. Uh, you just started your podcast. You guys mm -hmm. just started a podcast. Um, Rolo, how about this? Sure. You know, usually I'm the one edifying <laughs> new guests, sure. right? Or usually I'm oh, edifying you. Want me to build you. them up? Okay. Uh, how did this come about? Like, oh wait, Rolo so, doesn't even know how it came about. Really? Hold on. No, you don't. Do you, you know? Well, not, well, not how you came. How I met him, or yeah. how he came up? No, no, no. Uh, Andrew reached out to me. Andrew Tate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he 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 hit me up about a year ago, and we were he was going to come out, and I was planning a trip for him to come to Vegas, and then the shit happened, and he wasn't able to come out. And he said, hey, man, I can't come. Will you interview my, my buddy, Justin? He's, gr he's a great guy. So uh, Justin Waller flew Talk out. Waller. Shout yeah. out to Waller. Yeah. I like Waller and, a lot. And I'm, I'm from North Texas. Justin's from North Louisiana. We got along very well. You know, he went to uh, U, uh, University of Louisiana, Monroe. I went to UT Austin. We just lot lot of commonalities between mm -hmm. the gentleman game. Then he goes, then I make him the judge of my bikini competition. Just because I wanted to show him, hey, man, I'm not bullshitting. This is what I teach. I teach social Hey, man, supplement. nice to meet you. Would you like to judge, judge a Playboy him. bikini contest? I don't know. My, yeah, I'll cancel all my plans. Yeah. Let me think yeah. about it. So, <laughs> yeah, if you go on my Instagram right now, it shows a video of me and Justin at the contest. We're going to show it. And, uh, and, then, and then what happens after that is Justin goes back and then hangs out with Rolo. Mm -hmm. And Rolo, the funny thing is, he and I started texting. And before we even talked on the phone, he was like, hey, I want to do a, a show in Vegas. And it was one of these things where, like, um, it's weird. For me, there's a bunch of girls that are stunningly pretty, but I can't really have them on as podcast guests, like individual guests, because there's just not that much there other than I walk my dog and I'm on OnlyFans. And the idea mm -hmm. that he came up with for the idea for Access Vegas, I was like, this is beautiful, because now I can have four girls on there, mm -hmm. and we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's not quite as acrimonious as, um, as Fresh and Fit, right? What they do is different. Uh, what we do is completely evidence and science based, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and so and a lot of the girls are close friends of mine, and some of them I dated on secret. I, I won't say which ones, yeah. but like that's the way we kind of set up the show. But yeah, shout out to Andrew; he's the one who set this whole thing. Evidence up. Yeah. and science based. Well, these days, you know, the, they say, trust the science. 
how do, how do, how can you you know when you say evidence and science based? And I always mm. refer to Rolo as sort of like a mad scientist, mm. yeah. right? I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. If you mad put, scientist, okay, yes. mad, but like because a lot of what he says is very scientific. It's yeah. not emotional. It's rational. He's putting in the work. Five books in, you know, there's some evidence there. So like, get to the science of it. What's the science? So so, yeah. so we we actually connected because of his uh, use of evolutionary psychology in the red, in mm. the irrational male, right? Mm. So for me, all I cared about was the science. So I start with sociology, evolutionary psychology, uh, evolutionary studies, and evolutionary biology. So like Richard and you, Dawkins. And you said you went to school for that? Or no, you I went, that? I, no, I went to school for astronomy. Keen interest. Astronomy, yeah. Right, I just well, spent the last 15, Astrophysicist, yeah. yeah. I spent the last 15 years just reading every evolutionary psychology book I could get, and then I had Dr. David Buss, who's also a longhorn like me. I got him to come on my podcast, and, we, and I went over some of the ideas. We got along really well. I think he was surprised because I'd read every one of his books. And um, that, that, you know, some of the questions that we had, well, I had like 75 questions for him because I was a big fan of his work. And then from there, what happened was Red Pill, as it is a derivative of evolutionary psychology, like I told you last mm -hmm. time, that's where I agree with it. I have no interpretation beyond that. Whatever your interpretation is based on your, you know, your beliefs, if, if you're Islamic or if you're Christian or whatever, if you're an atheist, those are your beliefs. As a, as a person who's, uh, you know, I, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not an anarchist. What's it called? Uh, Objectivist. Huh? You're a pragmatic. Yeah, pragmatic. pragmatic but you do whatever it is that you want. Uh, Realist. No, oh God, the political. Uh, never mind. I'll figure it out. Mm. But, Individualist. Uh, yes. Um, you believe in low taxes and uh, well, libertarian. I, I, libertarian. Um, yeah. I don't know why. I'm, we're getting real social political. I'm sorry. All good. It's too early in the morning. It's, it's too early in yeah. the morning for me yeah. right now. Uh, but it's only as, four o'clock. As, as, mm -hmm. That's for me in Vegas. It's too early. Uh, anyway, <laughs> as a libertarian, uh, as having libertarian beliefs and yeah. individual freedoms, you believe whatever you want. For instance. Andrew is my friend. He converted to Islam. I'm a Christian. I can still I can still congratulate him mm -hmm. as a man converting to to Islam, and for him to raise his children the way he wants, I can still congratulate him because part of masculinity, I believe, is individualism. The cowboy in Wyoming respects the stockbroker in New York, mm -hmm. but they they both have their own form of masculinity, yeah. run their households the way they choose, and raise their children the way they see fit, and can still do work together and make money together. You understand what I'm saying? Whereas the opposite, anti-masculinity, and I'm not talking about femininity, I'm talking about anti-masculinity, that's a concept of groupthink, like what Ayn Rand warns you about in her books. This concept of like, well, now we're not all following the same path, therefore it's mm -hmm. time to snitch on you. And there's nothing more anti-masculine than snitching, right? So let's snitch on Andrew Tate. Let's snitch like Takashi 69 was a snitch. Like that mm -hmm. kind of like, let's tell on people who don't follow with the groupthink mentality. And so that's kind of, that to me, that's what the way I interpret masculinity and femininity, uh, or masculinity anti-masculinity from that. But that that is my interpretation. The rest of it, although, it just has to do with the the science. Mm -hmm. Would you say that you're also <laughs> science based? Uh, absolutely. Well, I mean, I have to make a point of correcting people, especially right now. My there's so many people who've come into this space now, mm -hmm. uh, yourself included, Jedediah included as well, but uh, so many people have come into the Manosphere space right now in the red pill space, and uh, I, I can sort of pick out the, uh, the, uh, the guys who are come-ups, the guys who are, who are just in it because it seems like the, the new hotness and they want to build a, a podcast based on that because they think it's going to be profitable for them. And then there's the people who actually do their homework, the people who actually have some, some sort of substance behind them. Mike is one of those people that has, has substance behind him. He's got a history with all of this stuff as well. But when I see this, the first thing I pick out is when somebody says, oh, uh, the red pill philosophy, the red pill belief. 
the red pill ideology. The first thing I will do is I will stop you dead in your tracks and say, mm -hmm. no, it is a praxeology. It is a loose science. And I know that people are going to say, oh, he doesn't use that word properly. I'm going to say, well, okay. You get a lot of heat for using the word just, praxeology? That's, that's, uh, here's the thing is, that's the word and the term and the idea and the concept that hits closest to the mark of what I'm talking about. I'm going to quote do, uh, Dr. Gadsad. Um, you know, I have an, uh, an obligation to objective truth. And that's really what it comes down to. So when something, some new information comes up, we write it down in pencil. We don't, we don't put it in pen. We still have erasers. We can put it and say, okay, well, that wasn't working. We can come back to it again. And that's part of the process. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I, I think it, if, if the manosphere, if the red pill is ever going to be legitimate, it needs to be fundamentally rooted in objective, realistic uh, nuts and bolts. It has to be devoid of, of religion, um, so, you know, social, yeah, asocial, a religious, a you know, racial. There, there shouldn't. Uh, quite honestly, I don't think there should be a black manosphere and a white manosphere. There's just the manosphere. There should, just, as he was saying before, um, guys from all walks of life. Uh, a a positively conventionally masculine man recognizes another positively you know conventionally masculine man. The contexts are different. The social situation is different. But you understand when a guy is a guy and a, and, and the guy is not a guy. You know. So I want I, I actually have multiple more questions on Access Las Vegas. So we're going to go sure. there real quick. We got to pay some bills real quick. <laughs> Shout out to our sponsor Aura.com. Actually. So it's, it's funny because we, I've done a read for these guys. Pat did a read for these guys the other day. We're very selective of who we take for sponsors. Like maybe we'll do a sponsor each show, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I sign up for this um, Aura, and I'll, I'll tell you guys what it's all about. But basically, you know, I entered my information, and you pick a limit of like anything that hits your bank account above a certain number, it's going to notify you, okay? So I picked $1,000, meaning like if something hits my bank account for 100 bucks, 90 bucks, whatever, 80 bucks, I'm not going to wait. But, you know, 2,000 bucks, 5,000 bucks, things are going to happen. So any time that I've had a number, an amount, 1,000, paid rent, got a notification. Cool, that's good to know. Any, I, I let a, bar, a buddy borrow some money. Boom, a couple grand. Any time that's happened, it notifies you, and it says this is correct spending, this is incorrect. And one time something popped up, it wasn't something that I approved. I was like, uh-oh, Aura caught something. So uh, shout out to Aura for basically helping me uh, save two grand on a fraudulent activity that I didn't authorize. Um, let me just, so I, that, that's sort of my, my story. But just basically, think about just how much information you put out there and just how much is Googleable and searchable. So your legal name, your birthday, your email address, your phone number, your social security number, your driver's license number, these are just the things that I just jotted down real quick. I'm sure there's a lot more information out there these are the things that cyber criminals are basically targeting so they can basically rip you off. Hmm. So I think there was a stat that cyber crime and cyber identity theft is now the most pervasive crime, period, meaning more than home burglaries, more than getting jacked, anything like that. And mm -hmm. so it just, it's a testament to the time that we're in right now. So Aura, by the way, uh, spelled A-U-R-A. I misspelled it the first time. So now I know, A-U-R-A. Identity theft, fraud monitoring, VPN, password management, antivirus software, all combined in one. That's sort of the ticket. Because before I had a different thing that was monitoring something else, but it wasn't a VPN, it wasn't antivirus. So Aura does it all in one. So thankfully, on our behalf, Aura monitors the dark web for all your emails, passwords, social security numbers, everything I just mentioned with real-time alerts, like I kind of mentioned with the fraudulent spending that I caught on my account, and even the valid spending. So bottom line is this, protect your family and yourself with identity theft, don't get your identity jacked. Sign up at Aura.com. That's A-U-R-A.com.
backslash SauceCast, S-O-S-C-A-S-T, also linked below in the description. That's Aura.com, A-U-R-A slash SauceCast. Thank you guys for sponsoring the show. Sign up if you're interested. Um, speaking of activity and high-level credit cards that get spent, let's get back to Vegas. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I can't so wait. So Axis, I'm always intrigued about, like, what's the inspir- inspiration? Like, what inspired this? What inspired mm-hmm. this? So obviously there was something that inspired everything that that is – um, taken form with Access Las Vegas. You guys came together. Mm-hmm. I've seen the show multiple times. How many have you done already by this We're point? We're at three right three. now. We'll right. Be doing okay, the next so I've one seen I've seen them all. December fifteenth. I don't know, I don't know if they were. Four. Yeah. And you're doing it bi-weekly, so yeah. twice a month. Yeah, yeah. I want to say. So essentially, like, you're bringing Vegas nightlife. You're bringing intersexual dynamics mm-hmm. as always. You're bringing red pill content, praxeology. Mm-hmm. Let's not get canceled mm-hmm. here. Let's say praxeology. Mm-hmm. So you're bringing them all together. I think it's an amazing marriage, obviously, mm-hmm. in the element of Vegas and with your background in Vegas. So I think you said that the mission for the show is to have open discussions, not just the back and forth and the red meat all the time. I right. know so you've, you've commented on I mean, that. We're going to have red meat no, regardless. We've already, we've already <laughs> learned that lesson. <laughs> that that's that's happy. Happy. You can't appease yeah. the trolls, so put it that it's, way. <laughs> it's something that's true, but it's mm-hmm. something that people can get value out of, which yeah. I think we can appreciate here on Valuetainment. So... Back to the inspiration. So what mm-hmm. was the inspiration for Access Las Vegas, and what are you hoping to accomplish? Well, uh, the reason why I linked up with Mike was I, I, did the, I think we did the first interview together, and I'm like, I could really work with this guy. Um, it was myself and you know Miguel from Cultivate Crypto, Dollar Cost Crypto. Of course. Uh, he's already in Vegas. I'm in Reno, and it just came to my attention that you know there's no West Coast hub for this. Yep. Everybody's, as you know, everybody's coming to Miami. They're going to either Miami, they're going to what uh, uh, Texas, or they're going to uh, Nashville mm-hmm. because those, for whatever reason, are now the podcast mecca states that everyone's going well, that's to. That's a lot of COVID and related yes, moving around. That you too, know. but there are, there's also, re- I mean, also uh, what Florida's uh, an LLC state. It's also mm-hmm. there's no state income tax, so I understand the appeal of moving from California, like Joe Rogan moved from California to Texas, right? Um, so I'm like, why is there no West Coast hub for any of this? I'm always doing things. When I do my own show, I'm always, I'm always thinking in East Coast time all the time. Because like, what, what, what's going to be most convenient for the people who are going to watch me on the East Coast? Because that seems like the, the place that, you know, the target time slot. And so I thought about it, and I'm like, well, there's no, doing it in California, everybody's fleeing California right now for various reasons. But why not do it in Vegas? I live in Reno. He's down in Vegas. And that's how, I have how far a condo in Vegas. Uh, 45 minute flight. Yeah, it's not even that. I mean, JSX is like 40 minutes. And you just take the private jet. You're there in like uh, 10 well, minutes. I, I don't take is. a private jet, but <laughs> JSX is as close as I Michael, can we get he takes, he takes one of the He takes one of the private jets. Yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we go sooner or later. Uh, Red but I already have one. a condo there, and uh, Miguel is already there. And, nice. and so uh, I was with Miguel, and, I, and we were trying to find an actual place to buy so we could start our own studio. And then I do the interview with Mike, and Mike says, just do it here at Sticky Paws. And so we've been doing the show out of Sticky Paws Studio in Las Vegas. Vegas uh, for the last three times, and once I, I think we we did a four hour interview when I yeah. first met you. So I had uh, I had read all of his books, and I had I think about uh, seventy five questions for him, and we only I didn't get through all of them. But every every guest, I, I tried to do eight hours on every guest. On him, I'd done obviously more than eight hours. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when we came in there, I, w- I wanted to go through all these. It was really funny because I'd read the ra- the, the Rational Mail in twenty thirteen when it first came out, 
And I, I always had these ideas in my mind if I ever met Rolo Tomasi, because you didn't have a public face back then. You yeah. weren't, you weren't yeah, public. I didn't go public till 2017. Yeah. Uh, mm. You didn't have a public face back then. So, so it was one of these things where, I, man, if I ever met Rolo Tomasi, these are the questions that I would ask him. Like, for instance, we had the discussion about female friends, right? Yeah. And that was part of the show. Part of the reason why the show works is because a lot of these girls, like, love me. Like, they're my friends. Like, they're my sisters. And they'll come on the show and they'll do the show with me. And they, but they'll, they'll tell these very uncomfortable truths. And I'll tell them very uncomfortable truths. But it's coming from a place of love which and is And that's why. where you kind of get mm -hmm. the juice of like mm -hmm. actual situations yeah. when you kind of get uncomfortable. But you know they say your comfort zone will kill you when you yeah. get uncomfortable that's when the truth well, is. Well I mean it was like this, this kind of pushback is exactly why I wanted to do a show with you because it's, we don't agree on everything. There's yeah. always going to be a back and forth. Hold and on, hold on, hold on. You, uh, breaking news guys. We don't agree on everything all the time. No, what just no. happened here? Well, that's that's. I mean, that's the heart of a good I, show. Is I, conflict. I, I yeah. would vote for Condoleezza Rice. He would not. I would not vote for. Yes. For what though? Anything. I, I I don't have a problem if a woman is if has my <laughs> same political beliefs. I yeah. would vote for. Her. He would not. That's the difference. Condi Rice. I think she would have made a better VP. Put it that way. Sure. Whatever. Now. Yeah. Now? yeah maybe. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, and I like Mayor Goodman in in Vegas. Right so now. I so we did about a four hour interview together, and I thought, you know what? I it's all it's like almost turnkey. So we started trying to come up with names he he was down with doing a, a you know a semi-regular show uh we call it access vegas because he has access to vegas and i was like that sounds like a good well idea. it's actually it's actually because the girls gave me access, access yeah so the girls so the, the the female friends thing the the four thing the three things it does for you mainly number one is pre-selection anybody who's in the manosphere understands what pre-selection is you the guys it's so funny the guys understand pre-selection but don't think you can have female friends but that's how you get the pre-selection because that goes on your social media break down what pre-selection pre-selection in psychology is called mate choice copying you guys can look that term up and it's the concept where it as a man it only works in one direction only works towards men and away from women it does not work for women uh it's a concept of as uh if you ever see a guy if you ever had a didn't have a girlfriend and then all of a sudden you have a girlfriend and post her on ig you'll notice you'll start getting likes from old girls that you had flings with mm. you'll start having girls hit you up in your dms show up at the club with the hot girl exactly but so that's a, a small version but if you show up mm. at a, a club with a bunch of hot girls all of a sudden it's funny Pre-selection doesn't even have to be someone you're dating. When I just do a video with Caitlin Runk or Lindsay Palos, uh, all of a sudden I start getting messages and likes from girls that like wouldn't even piss on me if I was on fire before. But now that they see me with this girl that's very attractive, their evolutionary uh, triggers go, okay, that, that man must be attractive. There's something going on in yeah. order for this high-status woman that I follow on social media to be hanging out with him, to look happy. There's small things like a turn of the pelvis towards you, hand on your shoulder. You'll notice in my photos, I'm never touching a woman. They're always touching me. In all of my advertisements, it's the same way. It's The that, old Keanu Reeves effect. Exactly. Well, we, I learned that from Keanu Reeves. That's exactly <laughs> right. So no, number one is pre-selection. Number two is uh, is immersion. You saw sometimes there were some guys that came out with, for my birthday, and all of a sudden there were just too many hot girls there. And they shut down. They start looking at their phone. I hate phone. when that happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But but it, there you, gotta, was, you gotta remember he's like he he the reason why I call him the king of Vegas is he's in the Playboy swimsuit he does swimsuit USA he does Wet Republic he does what else do you do uh, Babes in Toyland Babes in Toyland Smash Global uh, I do and you uh, just did Babes in Toyland I yeah, want to say yeah we're gonna do Sick one here content, in April by the way yeah in April we're gonna do one at uh, SLS, Hide SLS in April amazing I mean, right down the street. so when we're doing a show it's like. Yeah. 
the access we already have he's like he says what girls do we want how many do we want for the show yeah. four or three whatever we just set a time and we could put it together we're not trying to do a fresh and fit thing obviously in fact we we deliberately try not to be in that time slot because we don't want to step over them we've been doing it on Fridays I think we're moving to Thursdays yeah right Thursday now. because on Fridays it's all easy. these girls work yeah. no, there's no hot girls in Vegas that don't work on Friday so that's yeah. why we had to so move we, it. we decided we want to have these conversations and this back and forth again conflict and, mm -hmm. and having having some disagreements going on there we're not there to kick girls off the show we just want to have a elevate the conversation and have a, a, a so that people who are watching it can benefit from it as well so it's like valuable content it's it's actually substantial it's not just red meat all the time it's actually steak and sizzle there's sizzle because everybody wants to say the girls look like brats dolls but there's also the conversation that we have and sometimes it goes for like three hours where we're talking and we're having this back and forth it's really great conversation that I think a lot of people can value so I mean so from. you're for the most part bringing the women to the to the show for the yeah. most part right yeah mm -hmm. so like how how does that because all types of women right there's boss babes there's feminists there's party mm. girls there's housewives there's mm. good girls there's all different oh, types we've of been girls. through that everybody wants the uh, housewife from uh paducah kentucky so, to be honest so <laughs> if i wanted to get four large breasted OnlyFans models that's yeah. easy because they're not working on friday nights and they want <laughs> i to. love it if i want to get four large well, breasted you only too, fans, but girls, you could too you could too yeah, no, understand. Because, because they want to go they want to get OF subscribers. Mm -hmm. OF subscribers is money. Uh, OnlyFans subscribers is money to them. You have a following. You have 100,000 subscribers. Yeah. That's the reason a girl went on Fresh and Fit Wednesday night. She, and I asked, she was a friend of mine, Sonia Mallory. After she got off, she's the one who's speaking French. After she gets off, I'm like, can you look on your OF right now? Tell me how, new, how many new subscribers she got. She got 1,000 new subscribers on OnlyFans. Not just on from Instagram. That one from, on from OnlyFans. What? How did she do that? Just from being on there and the saying, her, saying her, her at sign. Now consider that. If the lifetime value for each one of those guys is $50, that's 50 grand she made for sitting there for three huh. hours. Mm -hmm. so, that, so the thing about getting OnlyFans girls on podcasts or whatever is super easy. So the mm -hmm. problem that I have is that those girls are easy to find. The ones that are harder to find is I need a girl who's 23 in college or getting a master's degree and doesn't have an OnlyFans. I don't have anything up against That's girls. harder to find these days. It yeah. is. Think it about is. that for a second, by yes. the way. Yeah. It's harder to find but, but we'll go on a, a girl podcast. who's in school, not on OnlyFans, mm -hmm. that's willing to come on a... Mm -hmm. Just but, that's the sign of the times right but, there. But we'll go on a podcast every girl that you had on here that you they, they do want some clout man yeah. you, you have a large youtube following yeah so the problem is it's almost the way the the shows select for certain types of people mm -hmm. fresh and fit have this problem sometimes where it's girls just looking for clout right yeah. they're, they're going to try harder to go on the show than just normal girls so you're not going to get a normal survey of girls so it's hard for me sometimes i need to find the girl who's getting the master's degree but again why does she want to go on a podcast she yeah. has to know me and trust me there's uh, one girl i've been trying to get I on trust. she's stunning model very young and she's getting her uh, she's finishing her master's in psychology and I want her to come on the podcast but she has no interest in doing it because mm -hmm. she doesn't want to do a pot do you understand the, that, that and, 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 and in my experience women <laughs> even if they're looking for content and looking for followers you guys know this the comments out there aren't exactly always nice and they're always oh, in one direction we, yeah. now we exactly play, we play to that now so yeah. now like I kind of have to warn women before they come on a show hey listen you know, you ever read the, the book, The Four Agreements? Yeah. Don't take anything personal. Yeah. People are going to mm. say things because people are going to say things. Whether the, and, and by the way, if they might say they're the most beautiful, attractive woman in the world, they want to drink your bathwater, right? Not mm. high, by the way, over there. <laughs> but like, don't take that too literal. But also yeah. when they tell you you're a dumb, stupid bitch and go back in the kitchen, mm -hmm. also don't listen to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How 
like that's something easier said than done. I, I do you have to have these conversations with them? How does that we, work? We get this every time we do a show. When we first did the first show, we learned from that. The second show, we learned from that. We had a lot of people saying, why don't you get some normal girls on there? All these girls have boob jobs. But All we these have girls Miss have Nevada collagen on. lips. Yeah. We had, so we got Miss Nevada and They're on. like, she's ran through. Yes. Bitch, it's Miss Nevada. You missed her anything, they, they literally, buddy. They literally, you're not she's even missing your She confirmed the whole thing about the Miss USA being rigged, 100% agrees. Oh, I just had Heather Leo Keefe on. I saw. So that was yeah. true? Miss Nevada, uh, Tia, Tia, Tungaval, uh, Tia, I forgot how you say her last name, Tia Jack, Tiana Jacqueline, yeah. she 100% agrees that it was rigged. And so does mm. the other girl, um, Steph Cook, she agrees also. Mm. But yeah. Um, it's, it's so just, how, do you, how do you coach these women up to come on the show and, and <clears throat> just not take the hate? So, so the, even if they're not even trying to grow their following yeah. just because they maybe want to do a show. The girls who have OF, you don't need to coach them on anything. They can deal with anything. Remember, they're <laughs> yeah. getting, they get dick pics all day. They can handle your stupid, <laughs> yeah. your stupid 304 comments. the normal girls who aren't used to it. So the, yeah. the trick is this. It's actually not them who I talk to. I talk to the dudes, and I say, I say it to your audience, too. Yeah. You can denigrate women by their appearance all you want, but you got to hit me up on IG, and you got to show me who you're dating first. They shut the uh. fuck up in two seconds when I say that. They get mad at me, like, oh, you're so blue-pilled. I'm like, no. The problem is, like, not the girls. Trust me, the girls most of the time don't even read the comments. Mm -hmm. You're not teaching anyone a lesson by denigrating these women. You're just talking to, you're, you're just mental masturbation. Show me who you're dating. They get so angry at mm. them because they're not, they're not seeing any. Who do you think they are dating? So Nobody. let's go, uh, let's no, go there no for one, a no one, no, one. No, one, no one who's calling girls names like that is dating anyone. Dude, that's yes. my question for you, Michael. And, and by, by the way, no one who Who's doing that can afford my program anyway because no one who has a seven-figure mm. business would ever be sitting there talking about yeah. girls are ugly that you that would never date you no one so I, I don't I can insult them all I want because they would never be able to afford my product yeah mm. that, that, that's that's very interesting because mm -hmm. you've had some haters I assume <laughs> yeah over the years a few you've really you've recently I, I have had some somehow haters. being able to trigger a massive amount of yeah hate. so my, here's my question because there's no way you win. You don't win. Yeah, it just there's the a, it's haters, a no the win comments, situation. the online, you know, I, I tend not to try to read the comments just because, meaning even the good comments. Adam, Adam you're the Adam, man. I go Adam. It's, at, so, well, like Adam, when, you're a piece of shit. It's mm. like, thank when, you, guys. When people come at the red pill and they come at the manosphere and they say, I see all these comments from these guys and they're just hateful misogynists and incels. I'm like, yeah. The trolls that are in the chat, sure, yeah. I'm sure they are. But when you characterize the entirety of the manuscript or the red yeah. pill or whatever anybody's like genuinely trying to do, and you're basing your opinion on it of like the comments and everything else yeah. that goes along with it, yeah, you're going to get a much more lopsided. Yeah, because think of about it. it, like in general. And by the way, we all appreciate, and this is something that we can all I think agree on. We appreciate mm -hmm. followers, subscribers, sure. people who are listening, we have to people who yeah. are trying to absorb the value that we're trying to put out there, no doubt. At the same time, do you think who is more likely to make hateful comments and shit talk? Someone who's very successful men. and has something going on with their life? The 80%. Or someone who's more basement dwelling, uh, simpish, and, and has hate in their heart? Uh, obviously, the, simp, the, the lonely men. Like, it right. literally, like I've caught them before. I'll be like, you're just mad because you're in your mom's uh, house. And they're like, well, that's because I lost mm -hmm. my job. They don't say, no, I'm not in my mom's house. Mm. The, the problem is this, man. Uh, I'm a performance coach and a U.S. military officer. I expect mm -hmm. more from you. And so when you make those comments, I look at it. I'm not angry at you. I'm disappointed that this is what you've chosen to do with your life. Yeah. 
Don't talk about. Don't talk to me about calling out women. I called out Brittany Renner. I called out uh, uh, Giselle Munchen. I called out uh, Amber Heard. I called out Jada Pinkett Smith. I called them out. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about me calling. I called out my friends on the podcast when Jamie Villamore said the average uh, North American man was six foot two. I called. <laughs> yeah. I called them out all the, the time. The answer to that is what five nine. Yeah, I want to see. But yeah. the, the, I mean, trolls really just want to like have you go and. Give these girls the comeuppance that yeah. they can't and give And they, they don't have time to read. Girls are not going to sit there and read those comments. So what I tell them is, that's fine. Say whatever you want to say. But you need to hit, don't be a bitch. Hit me up on Instagram and let me see who you're dating. And they get angry. Because, of course, not one time have they ever taken me up on this. Because that's the thing. I'm not, like, you're, I don't need your views that much. I have a program that where I make my money. I don't make my money from YouTube. Yeah. Uh, you, the point that I need to make to you is, can you do better? Or have you built a seven figure business you want do you have the physique you want and are you dating the woman you want because if you're not you're wasting your fucking time making these comments on my on wasting my time Mm -hmm. making these comments and when i do it you can really see where the rubber meets the road the problem is those are the guys that you know maybe one or two of them i can help but for the most part i won't and let me say something else adam uh, I'm very much like David Goggins in this one instance. He goes at his haters, and so do I. Before I go to the gym, I go look for the most fucked up comments, <laughs> and I go at this dude's mom. I go after his job. I call this fool a virgin. I put all kinds of fucking clown signs. I get, I go heated, and then I go to the gym. I'm angry as shit. That's that motivation. Like it, is, it is motivation. motivation. Yeah. Like, like, like uh, that's like, literal motivation like, from yeah. the haters. Like, uh, what, like what he says, man. He he says y'all are just cockroaches. He, you know, he used to work at Ecolabs, right? Goggins used to work at Ecolabs. He was an exterminator. He's like, I used to put peanut butter out to get the cockroaches to come out, and then I kill those motherfuckers. That's what he would say. He goes, that's how I feel about them. I put the little peanut butter out there, and then I kill you because you're cockroaches, and that's all you'll ever be. And it makes them mad. But the point is, you shouldn't be a cockroach. Don't worry about me. The, the fact that it's what I'm doing, is you're coming on my platform, and it's pissing you off, what does that say about you? Yeah. I'm, I'm not mad at you, bro. I want you to do better. And I can teach you how to do better. I have no patience for anyone in my program or anyone who wants to comment on my shit to, to sit there and like screw their lives up by call like you're denigrating women who wouldn't piss on you, bro. Like what do you if she's a hoe and wouldn't date on date you, then a hoe wouldn't date you, bro. Do you understand how shitty that makes your life? Yeah. That's the point I try to make. And there's no counter for it. So the, instead uh, they and come then back. So you get you get the you get the commenters where you need to get some normal women on. Get some girls who don't yeah. have boob jobs. I would I have Steph more Cook respect not have for myself. Jobs than to ever want to get with any of these girls on here. And it's like, again, sour grapes is just building themselves Mm -hmm. up. And so for a while you think, okay, well, maybe we should get some 40-year-old, you know, soccer mom on the show and and see if that, like, sort of mixes things up. And even if you did, even if you got some, you know, know, girl from the Amish Dutch country and, you know, Pennsylvania oh, to come, come on your show, they would still find you some, dumb antiquated they bitch. They would find something yeah, wrong. Drivers like, you oh know, yeah, they, of course they're, they're she would think that. Yeah, right? there was. You cannot. Yeah. It's Kobayashi Maru. It's a no-win situation. You cannot win. Can, can I say so? Something? We lean into it now. Yeah, can I say ahead, something? Yeah. Fake boobs look good. Yes, I'm I, just gonna say I it right agree. Now. Fake boobs look good. Cosine. Don't think that they look good. <laughs> you are lying to yourself or whatever. Fake boobs are great. I don't have any problem. That's with it. it. You're taking a stand on this. I'm Michael? taking a stand on this. Yeah, we like disagree the lips, on the lips. The lips, part, the lips could be yeah. too much. Yeah. I don't necessarily need yeah. a BBL. You can do things with your butt in the gym. Fake boobs are great. Have no problem. Try not to look like a Bratz doll. Yeah. What's it called? A Bratz doll. What is Bratz? Look up a Bratz doll yeah, for me. You, you know what I'm talking. I know she knows what yeah. I'm talking about. Michael, I'm so proud of you for taking a stand and defending women with boob jobs. I know that's a for difficult sure. yes. decision. Let me tell you something. I know that's something life. that's hard All to stand by. There you go. Yeah. That's a that's a brat stall right there. 
Yeah. No-nos and Jack Gundam. My whole thing with women, and you're in Vegas, I'm in Miami, like we we, we get it, is if you're a pretty girl, and you know if you're a pretty girl or if you maybe need to some, we know don't touch your face. Like, I get it. Agreed. If you, like, maybe you want to do some adjustments, you know, mm-hmm. the neck and below. But, you know, the duck lip thing and when like some be- girls, God they damn look, you these, this is the thing Kim that's Kardashian. annoying me the most these days <laughs> is I get it. Like, I've had a girl that likes the, 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 you know, what are they called? They put on the eyes these days, the eyelashes. Yeah. I don't mm. need you to look like you got two tarantulas growing out of your <laughs> eye sockets. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. We've all seen it. It doesn't it, get addressed it, enough. It almost feels, but almost, the, the eyes—it's it, insane. It almost feels like women are more addicted to porn than men. By the way that the, this plastic surgery makes them look. Does that make mm. sense? It almost feels like they get plastic surgery for an idealized look that they think men want right. that we don't want. Wow. Does it make sense? Yes, yeah, so because yeah, of it's, it's from spending too much time on Instagram and having that persona on Instagram become who they think they actually right. are. Well, let me. Did, get, we, let did me, we talk about Zoom dysmorphia on one of our shows before? Yes. Yes. The, exactly the same thing. It's, it's funny that it's he said Zoom dysmorphia because I would have thought he said face app dysmorphia. Not yeah, yeah, I was going to say it could be. Yeah. Instagram, well, here, but it's, here, here, they, they call it Zoom because of COVID, and they have yeah, the, for sure. you know. Let me get your guys' thoughts on this. Actually, this is this this is a different direction. But mm-hmm. yesterday we interviewed Pat and I. We interviewed this guy, the Liver King. Yeah, of course. You yeah. interviewed the Liver yesterday, King. Yesterday, wow. like ten minutes how's after I liver, saw you. How's his liver doing with the fucking trend and the he and the Deca? Is, he's on the apology tour. Um, it was a, I don't. He didn't need to be on the apology tour. He needs to be on the fucking uh, get off that fucking trend. Well, tour. this is what we talked about. Yeah, cycle down and, tour. You know. <laughs> I asked him, I said, hey, man, like, you, you have these, like, caveman qualities, and, and you stand for something. He's got these nine tenets of, of, of an original man, and you've done all that, and you work out, you kick ass, and you, and you have all this. But, you know, why did you need the steroids? And even if you needed the steroids, why did you lie about it? And I had a thought, because I'm like, all right, I'm dealing with the liver king here, mm-hmm. steroids looking good. And then I said, you know what, the steroids for man is the plastic surgery yes. filter 100%. lifestyle for women. 100%. Do you agree? Yeah, of course. But the thing is, the first question means nothing to me. Why do you take the steroids? Take them if you want to take the steroids. The second question is the problem. Why the did you lie? About and that's it. exactly what I said. Take steroids. I, I, I don't care. I absolutely, yeah, I do, do, couldn't care less. The, the, second, the second part, I, I would like to see an influencer who's just openly on steroids being like, man, I take steroids, and let me tell you something. I go out, I defend my girl, I fucking, I'm a firefighter, I beat the show, or I'm a fucking Navy SEAL. I wouldn't have no problem with that at all. It would not bother me in the slightest. But the problem is that he needed to do what Chris Hemsworth is doing, what Michael Hearn is doing, what, what The Rock is doing, which is pretending to be natural when yeah. they're not natural. And that's, like, we're, this is not the Bush administration's war against steroids like they had back in 2004. That's over with. Right. People can take them now. I think you can get regulated by a doctor. We're, we're much more advanced as far as TRT is con- I'm on TRT. We're much more advanced as far as TRT is concerned. And so I think that that's really not the issue. But but the problem is, uh, yeah, like I said, the lying. I mean, that's, yeah. that's going to be the issue. Um, and Sartain, just to piggyback on that, and this yeah. is why I agree with you on this. Mm-hmm. I said, like, I don't care. Like, I, I said, listen, you didn't, you're not Bernie Madoff. Hey, he looks great. You're not, you know, mm-hmm. Sam Bankman Freed. You're not defrauding people. You did steroids. Yeah. It's the equivalent of some girl with some massive boobs. Yeah. Massive boobs and being like, so you have fake boobs, right? Mm-hmm. No, I would never. It's like, uh, you're not born a triple H cup stuck out here. Like, it's yes. kind of obvious you got some fake ass titties. 
No, no, I would never. It's That's like crazy. The hypocrisy and the lying is that people have a problem. Yeah, I don't, with. I don't mm -hmm. see too many women that lie about having fake boobs. But here's what I no, will but say. that's my point. Yeah, yeah, it would be the same thing. It's the same. So, it's the same so, thing. so let's bring it back to the science. Yeah. Doctor Buss talks about this in one of his books. So they they go over what the average man thinks a man should look like. So they show different physiques and then what a woman should look like. So they ask men what a man should look like, what men what a woman should look like. Mm. Then they ask women what a man should look like and women what a uh, uh, women what a woman should look like. The men pick the physique that is much more muscular, close to Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. than the women pick which is much closer to David Beckham. Mm. The men pick the female physique that is much closer to the fitness model with some boobs and some curves and the women pick the anorexic look. Women think that they need to be skinnier than men want them to be. Men believe that they should be more muscular than women want them to be. So this over this perception bias that Dr. Buss calls about maybe evolutionary mismatch, I forgot what, what, what he called it, but there was a bias that happens that causes men, what happens is when you, when he, when liver when he first started taking steroids and got a little bit vascular, I'll bet you he noticed the tension from women. And so what he thinks is if I just double this dose of DECA and push my fucking test to 600 a week, then all of a sudden I'll get twice as big and twice as much uh, notice from women. But uh, attractiveness or beauty in men and women is about symmetry. Once you get that big, it's not, some, it's not about symmetry anymore. Now you just look extremely muscular. And there is a small subset of women that are very attracted to that physique. But what I found looking at, talking to most women, is they like the, the lean, the best, the best example would be uh, the warrior look from... Um, uh, Brad Pitt in um, Fight, Club, Fight Club, bro. Are you kidding me? Brad Pitt in Fight Club would be the middle of the middle of what we're talking about. Extremely lean. The problem with that look, though, the only problem with that look is you can't tell in a t-shirt. So a little bit yeah. bigger than that is like the Chris Hemsworth look. Yeah. So that's the look that's pretty good. But he's beyond that. Like he's 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 like Schwarzenegger, but with a big trunk. He's got that HGH gut. Yeah. Either that or he's got uh, ab implants. And so that look is not super attractive to most women. So he went past that point because psychologically, that's probably what he felt. And you've seen women with eating disorders and they get unhealthily skinny. It's because they think that that's what men want from them. Does that yeah. make sense? And then having a little badunkadunk and having boobs that feel like if you have fake boobs and a girl puts on some weight, the boobs actually look more real. Yeah. That's not always bad. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing like we don't understand what the opposite gender actually really wants but we understand what we think they want that's what yeah. by the way that's where the eyelashes come from and the 1400 cc boob job that's like over the top it's escalation it's over top and it's escalation yeah that's essentially what happens by the way this is also this leads to the next question is like <sighs> I, I always got confused by this whole concept of the dad bod Right, oh, there we go. Kind of became right. famous. So what is Leonardo this the fourth Capra? time we've addressed this? Exactly. Since we've been to but, but I feel like yeah. it's the perfect segue mm. here. Is that like women are like, no, like I kind of into the dad bob. I, Lies. But mm. hear, hear me out. I have once you're married. Yes. This is an interesting con. I, a girl, a, a a buddy of mine married a now who was his wife. It was a girl. They become close friends. She would always be like, "Baby, eat more, baby. I want you to look Extra good." I was scoop like, of rice. I, and I said, "Why are you trying to make him fat?" She goes. I don't want any other girls looking at him yes. anymore. Mm -hmm. Comfort. I want him to be my fat husband mm -hmm. who's comfortable with a little gut. It's mate guarding, actually. And just, I don't want him going, is that it's called it's, mate guarding? It's a form of mate guarding. Well, I mean, men will mate guard their, their women just like, you know, hey, I don't want you going. They, uh, overly possessive men. Right, but they don't are, want their woman to get yeah, fat. It's though. like it's surveillance. You know, they want to know where you are all the time, what you're doing, <laughs> blah, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. 
Um, but mate guarding is, uh, it's an interesting dynamic because it's not just about like you with your woman. It could be your, uh, a father and a daughter or a brother and a sister. It can be like, I'm going to guard you from these guys who are going to try to come in here and impregnate you kind of thing. And it's the same thing with uh, the mate guarding instinct anyways with, with men and women is this, this protection instinct that comes out of guys. That's why guys get jealous and they get jealous for different reasons. But another thing is women will mate guard men as well. They just do it in different, different fashions. So one of those is the extra scoop of rice, uh, which is I'm going to make him a little bit fatter so other women don't want to get That's why. Is that see, subconscious well, or is that conscious? Well, the only reason Definitely we're talking about. Subconscious, you're yeah. saying? Yes. The uh, only reason we're talking about like dad bods at all is yeah. because it's this. It's really a, a form of mate guarding. It's like almost like a global kind of, uh, okay, okay, ladies, we're all going to get together. We're going to tell these guys that they look a little bit better with fat, right? Even though we want to fuck you know, Chris Hemsworth, we want to tell our, our guys who are our resource providers and our, you know, our sources of security and good dad genes and provisioning protection and, and parental investment. We want to keep these guys on lock. And so we, how are we going to do that? Well, we don't want anybody else like swooping in and, and taking, taking our guys, so we give them a little extra rice. We, we tell them, you're okay. Don't, you don't have to go to the gym today, that kind of stuff. It's a form of mate guarding for women to, to uh, consolidate on the security that they already have. The thing, my, my problem is this, and we've answered this. We've actually had this conversation on Access Vegas. So we said, you know, we said dad bods or like, you know, hot bods. Now, clearly, most guys are going to say, okay, that's bullshit, right? But so we put it to the we put it to the ladies, and this is how I, this I did it. I said, okay, you got two calendars. You've got the Chippendales calendar. <laughs> you've got the Thunder from Down Under right. male stripper, the Hot Fireman's calendar, and you have the Dad Bods calendar, which I don't even think exists. Right. Okay, the but let's Bert just Kreischer say let's just calendar. say theoretically there are two calendars. Which calendar outsells the other one? Right. And that's all you have to say. Because it, it. Women, so. women have, there's arousal and there's attraction. And when we're talking about dad bods, we're talking about visceral sexual arousal, the dad bod is not going to be as physically arousing as the, uh, what, the Jason Becca. She just went, ooh. When you, just the thought, just the name. Uh, was it Jason Beck, Beckham? Was that David, David Beckham. Beckham. David Beckham. David, David Beckham. Beckham. Yeah, so just the name what made you go, hmm. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the, that's the arousal well factor settled. right there. Hey, just the image, the mental image. Just the mental imagery. So don't give me this bullshit about dad yeah. bods. By the way, now we we're going to be doing we, super we, chats uh, we see the, right the next through segment. Yep. So uh, go ahead and read some, some oh, super chats. Real, real, real final one, thought, go ahead. Yeah, so it's an evolutionary adaptation in Homo sapiens when a man is pair bonded with a woman who is pregnant or has a kid for his body to produce prolactin and for his testosterone levels to go down. This has to do with infanticide. And it's just these are evolutionary adaptations in Homo sapiens. So what happens is the prolactin comes in and the man becomes fatter over time because he's going to have a lot, deal with a lot of sleepless nights with the new child. Okay, pair bonding is normal amongst homo sapiens. Long-term monogamy is not. So now what happens is what these women are seeing is high-status men like Seth Rogen, like, um, who's the other guy that they keep showing? Vince Leonardo Vaughan, DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio with the dad. They're showing high-status men who are multimillionaires and famous, and they have a dad bod. Right. So what they're seeing Leo. is, this is what they're seeing is, he talks about it being alluring and being attractive. Mm -hmm. This is not something that makes their vaginas wet. This is something that's like, oh, I have procured the resources from this male. His body looks like the body of a male who is going to stay with me and help me provision for this child. And when I see that, there is nothing but positive evolutionary emotions that are subconscious that I feel. But my vagina does not get wet for that physique. Yeah. Right? It gets wet for the, the other type of Thank you for the scientific yeah. breakdown yeah. because basically what does that mean for the average man out there? 
unless you turn into Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio so or Vince Vaughn, mm-hmm. don't have a gut. Dude, so so the, the, the dad bod myth, which is what I call it, the problem with the dad bod myth is now me as a performance coach having to explain to my clients, no motherfucker, you have to have that 1.65 <laughs> to 1 shoulder to waist ratio. Yeah. 71% of attractiveness in men from their physical f- features comes from upper body muscle. Let me say it one more mm. time. If you're talking about when men are attractive to women, it is not your facial symmetry. It's not the calves. It's not leg day. 71% of it is upper body muscle. So when you have that, that hip to waist ratio, well, 1.65 to 1, that that is most attractive to women. Just like for women, for men, it's the 0.72 hip to waist ratio uh, for men. So, so when you see that uh, over and over again, that is what women find attractive. And then you go on and you listen to attractive women say, I like the dad bod. Well, fuck it, I just give up on the gym. That just, it's so harmful to yeah. my line of work when attractive women keep saying this dad bod bullshit. Well, it's kind of, it kind of, within that element, this is what makes me think of, of like, if you're a high status man, like you can have as many women as you want. Yes. You can cheat, you can kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And what I always say is like, okay, so let's that's the, that's the 0.1% of society. We're talking about the Leonardo DiCaprio's of the world or mm-hmm. fill in the blank of David Beckham of the world. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't apply to you, Bill on the couch right now. Like that I'm mm-hmm. sorry, like that yeah. well, how about you're this? not there yet. Let's use a different example. How about uh, what's his face? Um, uh, Megan Fox, uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Machine yeah. Gun Kelly. Okay, Machine Gun Kelly has a pink dress tour. Have you seen this? He walks mm-hmm. around in a pink dress. Right. If you watching this show wear a pink dress, you are a weird motherfucker in a pink dress. He right. is attractive already. He has money and status and, and a fine exactly. ass wife. Mm-hmm. He does that, and then he builds comfort with some people by wearing a pink dress, showing that he is so high status that he can literally denigrate himself and stay, it's basically the peahen's feather, right? The right. peacock's right. feather. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what he's doing. If you or I walked around in a pink dress, we would not be sought out by no. women. It would yeah. not be It'd more be attractive. Creepy. You look like a creepy, weird motherfucker. Right. And this is confusing. This is the equivalent to the dad bod myth. Men do not go out there and start painting your, your hair all kinds of different colors and fucking wearing a pink dress. If you want to wear a pink dress, that's fine. But like the point is, <laughs> the point is in order to express by the way like as a, as a performance coach I don't know what to do with this like I don't know when I see this I'm not again I'm not there's no homophobia or anything like that but I understand that even though he may not be a homosexual man that's not what he's trying to tell me he's trying to tell me he is and when I see this what am I supposed to take from this as a man when I see the pink dress? But you take feminist it, you take takeover? It, what is well, the you take it within context, too. So he's already a performance. Like David Bowie, right? David Bowie being right. Ziggy Stardust. We don't see him as Ziggy Stardust. We see him as David Bowie. So when you look at this right here, the, the dress is not wearing him. He's wearing the dress. So it's, mm-hmm. it's who he is and what he's about. Before, like it's like uh, it's like the K-pop phenomenon. In, in, was it in Korea? Where South Korea. South yeah. Korea, right? It's like why I, I get this all the time. Rolo, how come all these very effeminate guys are so attractive to women? I go, well, are they, or is it just sort of the is it just sort of the the visceral fad of the whole thing? All the girls, all the girlfriends are into it, so they're into it as well. Is it because it's? Uh, I mean, he's still not fat. He's still not, uh, you right. know, he's, I mean, he, he might have a swimmer's body, but, he, you know, he's not jacked or anything like that. But he still has this, um, 
I want, I, want, I don't want to really call it like creative intelligence, but creative intelligence is a selected for mm-hmm. uh, aspect. So when people ask me about like, oh, what about these emo guys? What about the guy that looks like uh, Robert Smith from The Cure? What about the guys who are uh, the the uh, the rock stars who are like sort of heroin chic, right? What about those guys? It's like, yeah, I, I can understand that. But in some ways, I think women who are attracted to that see that as a lower bar that they can meet as opposed to getting with a guy who is who is more jacked or is, has a, is above think, them in sexual market value. I think you guys are so spot on to this and like so for, for me the poster child of this look right now the last couple of years has been Harry Styles this sure. guy who got on to right. but, uh, but Harry Styles I think isn't he openly bisexual I don't know what he is yeah. but mm-hmm. there's a lot of women that are into dudes and dress these days for sure. because of Harry Styles but he's already famous but we just talked yeah. you just talked about Liver King and then right. now you're looking at this those are two opposite ends of the spectrum Total, right but there. so here's a, here's a food for thought I saw Tupac comment on this yeah when he went from being Tupac, the obscure random rapper to the Tupac we know today. Mm-hmm. And he gave their shout out to Tupac. He's on the wall over there. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, a year ago, I would show up to this club right here. And I was the skinny, weird dude who thought he was going to be a rapper. I would get no love from women. They wouldn't look twice at me. Now I'm freaking Tupac. I, I'm getting literal panties thrown my way. And I, I'm like, I have to beat off women with a stick because I'm that dude now. And ultimately, this is what it comes down to is that women are attracted to status. Yes. Mm-hmm. Once you get eyeballs and status and fame and you're on the cover of magazines and everyone knows your name, women are attracted to you, whether you're gangbanger Tupac let me, let me or even Harry at, Styles me, in a dress. I, something just occurred to me here. Now, if you look at Harry Styles and if you look at like Machine Gun Kelly, Harry is in a dress. Now, what's the concept of the peacock's tail? Okay, it's being able to have that big peacock's yes. tail because it is a net deficit to the survival of a- adaptation of that it's, animal. It's, it's making it rain in the club. Is, I got this, so much would money. Would this not be yes. the same thing as I'm so paid and I'm so popular? I have such a high status. I am. I am. I'm not going to say alpha, but you know, in the, in the traditional sense. But I am so high value. I can get away with having a peacock's tail. And in this case, the peacock's tail is that big giant dress. Do you think yeah. that's... I think it's the same thing as rappers in the clubs throwing money in the air. Do you understand? You're putting yourself at literal risk by carrying around that much cash, mm-hmm. throwing it in the air. And they're like saying, I have so much money to burn, I'm throwing it in the air. It's the equivalent to the peacock's tail. Same mm-hmm. thing with a watch that's outrageously expensive or a car. These are just things to show excess or... Uh, conspicuous they, consumption. Yeah, conspicuous consumption or waste. Those, that, that's, that's essentially peacock. what you're showing. I learned yep. that term from Neil Strauss. All right, we got about a little over an hour left. Okay. Nat, do you want to read some super chats right now and then we'll move on to the next topic? Yes. Did you so give go I ahead, do David have Beckham? a few super <laughs> chats for you guys. It's just to Read it with that off. oomph, Nat. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead for it, girl. <laughs> Let's go, chat. Nat. Look, <laughs> the haters are going to say some shit. If you I know. Do not bring ASMR. a below subpar response. Sorry. Do it, Nat. Alrighty, here we go. Let me read them for you. So we have Anime Red Pill. Um, they said, uh, what percent of men are told that they're needed? I.E. Mm. Kim to Robert Kurosaki. What Mm. What are women independent? I understand of? what you're talking about. You're getting on the on the topic of superfluousness, which will definitely be a topic probably this month when the Dr. Phil show finally drops. Mm. Mm. Um, but the uh, the idea of need versus want, and uh, I got into it with uh, with my good my now great friend Dr. Phil. But the, what he's referring to is Kim Kiyosaki's telling Robert Kiyosaki right before they were about to separate that she didn't need him anymore. Uh. And so it got down to this discussion of need versus want. So I was constantly hearing, we, we hear this on uh, Fresh and Fit, we hear that it's on our show, we hear this everywhere. I don't need a man, but I want a man. Uh. So we're looking at the difference between having a guy as a necessity or having a guy as something that's technically superfluous. It's nice to have around, 
but not absolutely necessary. I can, I'm, I'm a strong, independent woman. I don't need you, but I want you. So all of my long-term security needs are already made, are already taken care of, or the mm -hmm. perception of them in, means that I can, I, I can have my a, own business. A, a I can have everything that I want. I'm an independent of men. So what does that leave? The alpha fuck side of hypergamy. Mm. So who do they want? Jason Momoa and Justin Waller. I actually have a lot to say on that because I interviewed Kiyosaki recently, and I actually mm. want to bring that up. And shout out Rapid to Robert. Robert just yeah. went through a, uh, a uh, open his heart second surgery. heart sur uh, open heart Get surgery. Yeah, yeah. Mm. he know I know he's watching. So wow. shout out to Rob Kiyosaki. Mm -hmm. Rapid fire, go. No questions. All right, last one was by uh, Knock It Off Jack, $10. He said, well, this is awkward, Rolo. Are you following me around these YouTube streets? Uh, anywho, Adam, do you have an email I can from me? Submit request to do a response for some of your videos. Type it in the chat. Nat, you got this. Yes. We'll do, we'll do super chat at the end because there's so much I want to get from these guys. Yes. As Give much us as I want to answer your questions, yeah. uh, we don't have time for full-on responses. Do a lightning round at the end. We'll do a lightning, lightning round, round at, at the, the end. end. So at the end of the show, at 6 o'clock today, lightning round. We don't have time for a lot of answered questions. Get your comments in. We'll give you a shout out. We'll do it like that. Yes. Because we want to soak as much knowledge from these math yes scientists. No questions. That we that we want to get it to. Uh, let's talk about red pill for a second. Mm -hmm. Allow me to give a little props to Rolo. You didn't probably see this oh. one coming right now. Oh. So, uh, a little backstory right now, and mm -hmm. why I want to thank you, is that. So obviously I'm. More You're at 109,000 subs. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know. I've been working with Valuetainment for three years right now. I was a money guy, money guy, money guy. For, for a full-on year, Patrick Bet David would say to me, Adam, you need to start incorporating more of what you really do behind the scenes into your content. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, you've made your money. You talk about money. But you're from South Beach. You've been in the nightlife world. You've dated girls. You've been in with the Kardashians. Like the whole thing. Why don't you talk about it? And for a year, I kid you not, Roll, I'm like, Nah, bro, I'm just going to stick to the money stuff. I'm just mm -hmm. going to stick to this. is 2020, mm -hmm. right? We're about to be 2023. So just think about perspective of that. He pulls me aside, and this is advice for everyone out there. He says, listen, do not go into the next year. This is when it turned 2022. Um, for a year, I'm saying no. Do not go into the year without reinventing yourself. You kind of got to mm -hmm. expand your horizons, get uncomfortable. I said, you know what, Pat? I'm going to do it. I'm going to embrace it. And I started doing that. And I started SauceCast. This is the end of 2021. And I said, all right, let me start getting some women on the show, some perspective, who pays on dates, money content. Mm -hmm. If you live with your girl, how much rent should it be? Should she pay for that? Who pays on dates? Do women care about um, what kind of car you drive? All this money type created content that we started doing, but revolving around relationships. And then around March of 22, Rolo Tomasi shows up on the PBD podcast. I'd never really been familiar with you. I've heard of the rational male. I've heard of you. But I said, oh, who's this dude? Oh, okay. Sexual market value. Red pill. Pat. All right, cool. Great. And you kind of enlightened me into that. Mm -hmm. And then we did our own show. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I got it. You know, this, this is, I'm going somewhere with this. I remember asking you, Rolo, so what's red pill? Mm -hmm. What's blue pill? What's this black pill? And there was, there was a sense of like, all right, let me answer this again, uh, yes. right? I'm sure yeah. some frustration, but also doing your civic yes, duty. One of 20 years. Exactly. Doing You're this. like, <laughs> all right, Adam, thanks mm. for the welcome to the, you know, so like, you know, so here I am trying to incorporate this. And then Rolo, you know, enlightens, says, hey, let me introduce you to these people. Mm -hmm. Let me introduce you to these people. Fresh and fit, obviously, Sartain now. Mm -hmm. Waller, oh. every, everyone's calling gone on there. So, um, so number one, thank you for kind of introducing me to the red pill space, mm -hmm. right? 
with that being said, you know, red pill content is hot now, right? Would you agree? Red pill content is very, and I, I would consider you, like I read the game, when, when did it come out? 2010? Oh, 2005. 2005. 2005, so I read that 15 plus years ago, whatever it mm. was, and I was like, oh, pickup artists, all right, peacocking, all right, cool, negging, all right, got mm. it, boom, because I think we can all agree, and this is the slogan of my show, get you paid, laid, and do it your way. That's what guys want, right? So I guess my question to you is, Rolo, is Red Pill has, and the Manosphere has gotten so popular, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think, this is more of a general question and like a, a personal question, like, do you think you're getting the credit you deserve for being like the godfather in this space? How do you feel about that? I, I have a joke with my good friend Ryan Stone where we talk about how we are the research and development department for, mm. the, for the Red Pill. There's, there are, there are um, there are guys like David Buss. There's guys like uh, Steve Stewart-Williams, uh, Robert Henderson. We can talk about like the actual people who have a PhD in, in, in evolutionary psychology, but the Red Pill is much broader than just that. So when, I think I gave you this, this uh, definition when you first asked me is that the red pill is not just about one thing. It's uh, People, when they see the red pill, they think, oh, you're a misogynist. They see a tape video and they yeah. think, oh, it's all, it's all misogyny or it's those pickup artist guys or it's whatever. It's much, much more than that. So over the course of really the last, say, 20, 22 years, it's gone from being about PUA, about guys being in the clubs and trying to figure, you know, comparing notes and trying to figure out how to get laid, um, to something that is, involves uh, sociology, psychology, evolutionary psychology, evo-bio, anthropology, so, uh, religion on top of that. I, mean, I wrote a whole book on that. Um, so it's much broader. There's no way you're going to ever get that uh, elevator pitch that everybody wants. They want some really quick sound bite to, to, so that they can understand it, dismiss you, and move on. And it's so much deeper than that. And so it's really tough for me to like go on a, like a, a daytime talk show and try to explain that in this space of like 43 minutes, whereas I can come here on this new media and I can sort of I can broadcast it now. That's an advantage, I think, because I do, you know, let me stop lying, a, f- a five-hour podcast every Sunday. It's, it's moved up from three to five now. But in that time, at least I can explain myself and I can say, here's how I came to these conclusions. It's not just this 30 second bit, you know, that challenges the too long didn't read generation of TikTok and Instagram reels and all that kind of stuff. And so it's much deeper than that. And I don't think people really fully appreciate that. So when people say, Rolo, you're just doing these shows because you want to feel like you're, you're, you're just professionally jealous of Kevin Samuels, uh, Andrew Tate. Uh, I don't know, I, I've gone through this, this cycle so many times. Uh, Jordan Peterson, what, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, no, it's not about wanting to get recognition. Because if you've read any of my work, you'll understand that I, it's my belief, if I have a belief, that the... Red pill needs to be open source. It needs to be something that is for the every man or mm. it's for no man. It's not just for the guy that's laying across a, a, you know, a, a Lamborghini and you know, lounging on a super yacht in the Sea of Oman. It is for the guy who is driving a tractor in, in Paducah, Kentucky, or the guy in the Midwest in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's for, it's for the every man or it's for no man. And so I, that's why I try to make it as general mm. as possible. The downside to that is, as you said, it's become so popular that you get these come-ups who say, well, I want to be an influencer, and I can either pick money, muscles, or game. I'm a, f- I'm f- a fat fuck, so I can't do fitness. I don't got any money in the bank, 
but I think I could probably get in on the male, you know, self-improvement grift. So they jump in, and the first way, the, the, the way to do that is either to give me shit or to give me props and put Rolo Tomas, you're the rational male, in the title line of your, of your YouTube video and then let it go from there. Because the, what they're doing is, it's, we're, we've gone, I think, from the hustle economy into the clout economy right now. And so I'm not saying that there aren't people that have genuine, you know, authentic interest in, you know, becoming a quote-unquote influencer or, or starting a, a podcast within this this niche or this this sphere. It's just that there's too many guys that come into this and they see it as okay. I'm just going to go put out my 97-page pamphlet on Gumroad. We'll sell that. That'll be my. It's funnel marketing, right? And so. You, I can, I've gotten to the point where I've been in this business so long that I can almost instantly pick out the guys who are, uh, have a template website, right? Or they, it's like, it's click through here. Here's my special offer. It's like what Jeff Walker's launch, product launch formula all the time, right? And I, I know that. I see that. I can see right through that right now. I want more accuracy in the sphere. So if you're going to come at me, even if you have critiques of me, I'm okay with that. Tell me what you specifically disagree with. Whenever we're having topics of debate, I need a topic for the debate. To come on here and say, oh, Rolo Tawasi, you're a god or you're the devil. I don't want to have that discussion. I want you to tell me why I'm wrong about hypergamy. I want you to tell me why I'm wrong about the alpha widow dynamic. I want you to tell me why I'm wrong about certain things. I'll listen to what you have to say, and then I will either correct you or I'll say, oh, we can erase that because we don't put anything in pen in a praxeology. We put it in pencil again. So I, I'm, I will go on podcasts that are very low, like come up podcasts that might have less than a thousand subs mm-hmm. if I think I can have a good conversation and there's going to be some ideas exchange in that marketplace of ideas. I will do that. But on the other hand, I've, I've seen, you know, million plus uh, channels that are, are, uh, make basic errors or they, they'll have somebody on there talking about how it's a philosophy or it's a belief or it's a cult or it's whatever. And I just don't, I'm not going to have time for that. I'd much rather be with a guy who has a thousand subs where I can have a good conversation with that guy rather than the guy who just wants to put my name in the title of his, mm-hmm. of his YouTube video so he can get engagement and impressions and click-through rate. So, Michael, can I say something real quick? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen these guys that have their main channel and then they have their clips channel and their clips channel grows faster than their main channel? Yes. That's what these other guys are the clips channel. Mm. And Rolo is the main channel. Do you understand? We're the research and development department. It it is absurd to me when I see people who have more followers on YouTube than Rolo, like reciting his content. But a lot of it is because they're going after red meat and they're doing it in 90 second packages Mm -hmm. or 10 minute packages. That's essentially the the analogy I would use. And it's frustrating. As a content creator, I'm about to start a clip channel and I already know it's going to grow faster than my main channel because my audience has no fucking attention span and he's writing books. You know who reads books? Nobody today. Nobody. You know how many few of my friends read but when Bilzerian came out with his book we were laughing because I was the first person to finish his book I think in the whole world other than his editors because uh, he gave me an early copy and then we were joking it was like yeah what about the other people it's like well our friends don't really fucking read and we were both laughing like yeah well, they don't read at all right so that's the thing I try to go through 60 books a year I don't have any friends that read so that's the issue you have to read five books to get through all of this plus all of Buss's stuff plus all of Gad Sad's work plus all of St- Stephen Pinker writes some t- 
tomes, bro. Steven Pinker mm. writes seven, eight hundred page books. How the Mind Works is incredibly long. Um, and then and you have to go through all these books in Stephen Stewart Williams. People just don't have the attention span. They just <laughs> yeah. do they not don't. have the the, <clears throat> the because it's it's not about the actual substance of the manosphere the, of the red pill. It's about the delivery. And so we live in what I call the TLDR generation. So you've probably heard Andrew Tate talk about this. You know, when people form an opinion of Andrew Tate, they form it from a thirty second mm-hmm. clip. I I was the first one to say that back in like this time last mm-hmm. year when I'm doing these long form videos, and I have to be very careful of that now. Because I know damn well they're going to carve those things up and they're going to pull out the worst of the worst, and that's going to be what everybody's going to see because ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got, ain't no. nobody Andrew, got time Andrew for that. Andrew got good at both. He got he has the the mental understanding of what these ideas are fully, and at the same time knows how to give a sound bite that will go incredibly. The, viral. the difference the difference here though is that when somebody sees something like that and they go, oh that that's what Rolo said, or oh this is a oh he's using the term alpha widow, he's using the term war brides or whatever yeah. it is from the book. That what happens is they don't go to the guy who took the thirty second clip and 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 hit that guy. They come to me and now I have to explain it in long form because the guy who was just grifting for a 30-second video, he got it wrong. Or he's, he's, uh, his, his critique is something that I would never have endorsed in the first place. But they don't go to that guy. They come to the source and they say, mm-hmm. well, what did you mean when you said that women can't love men? I, I, I didn't, you son of a bitch. It's this guy right here with the 30-second you know, buzz clip that said that. Go talk to him and don't come to me. So what I'm what I'm trying to and I appreciate that what I'm trying to grapple with right now is there you talked about how you just want you want this to be open source and mm-hmm. it's not just for you know one man it's for every man mm-hmm. right so there's that component and you are doing this for the good of man the good of society and then grappling that with clout chasers people who are like misinterpreting Cloudy what economy. you're saying mm-hmm. and I guess my question is isn't that just sort of a sign of the times where it's like someone mm-hmm. would rather, I mean, listen, this is, this, this speaks to money for a second. I always say I'd rather build wealth slow mm-hmm. than get rich quick. We mm-hmm. all see what happens when you yes. try to get rich quick. Sam Bankman freed. Hello. So I guess my question is like, it, no one wants to read five books. Mm-hmm. Someone would rather watch a 30 second video mm-hmm. and then be like, Oh yeah, hypergamy. That's what this is. But all that. They don't want to so, take a college course on it. Of course. Mm-hmm. So is it, I guess my question is, is that just a sign of the times? Can't find City Hall? Or how do you combat that? Do you start your own clips channel? Do you start speaking clips now? Or do you just constantly just do you your five-hour five five you, show? You do have to play the game. I will not give up my long-form content no matter what. I do have a clips channel. Uh, I am like slowly easing into like the 30-second reels that link back to the clips, link back to the... I have guys in, in my particular audience, the, the people who follow me uh, love the long form. So I'm glad that's the way it is. But then I'll get the people who say, ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't I can't watch four hours here, right? And then I go, well, that's why I developed the Clips channel. So if you want to just get the, the most salient parts, go have a look at that. And even those mm-hmm. are still too long for most people. Like if, yeah. they're, if they're 20 minutes, they won't even, eight minutes, they'll, they'll barely watch yeah. it. Yeah. In fact, I think we're getting to the point where the attention economy right now with TikTok and everything else is getting to such a point where you can go, and I've done this before, you can do a YouTube short that is 54 seconds, right? People will still not watch the, the, the video. They will see the title. They'll see the first four comments on that, on the, uh, the actual thread comments. And then they'll, they'll fire off some drive-by comments saying, oh, you suck, fuck you, I would never do, you know, like they don't understand because they were unwilling to watch a 54-second clip. They well, just want to be heard. So there's going to be sort of this, 
this, I don't know, quality of people who want to have an interest in it or the people who just want to feel like their victim mentality, as you were saying, and they just want to feel like somebody out there on planet fucking Earth is going to actually read their comment and go, yeah, okay, I'm going to get behind it. You know, you know how I'm interpreting Commiserate. this? This is free game for everyone out there. And this is how you can develop loyal fans. And I'm sure you'll agree. Hmm. Or, or maybe not. We'll see. If they watch your clips and they watch 10 60-second clips, okay? Hmm. So they're spending 10 minutes on you, 5 minutes on you. And they're like, oh, damn, Michael Sartain. Oh, Rolo, bang, banger, 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 banger. 30 seconds. They invest five minutes, 10 minutes of their life. And then they really appreciate what you say. They will then go subscribe to your channel and now watch your five-hour podcast. And now you have a loyal fan who will buy every single one of your books. Because if you're only doing 60-second content and you're not doing long-form content or writing books... Like what's the the end outcome with well, that? I, so you kind of got to do both. I I and I mentioned this on Fresh and Fit before uh, last night, as a matter of fact. But like I have, um, I've had women who have sons come and hand me like handwritten notes saying, "Thank you for saving my sons' lives." That makes all the fuck you roll up. that all those yeah. comments that makes all of that worth it to me. Or I'll see guys who say I had planned to kill myself in a comment like I had planned to kill myself, and I had a date set. And I was going to do it on this particular date. Then I came across your material and I canceled my date with, with suicide, essentially. And now my son and daughter have a father because of your influence in this. I mean, and is so there anything that, more important than that? That right course. there is enough for me to go, okay, I'll keep doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've had similar interactions with the guys in MOA where they, it's usually because of a breakup. They went through something and they just didn't have the paradigm. They certainly didn't have the tribe to pull them out of whatever malaise that they were in. But going back to what you were saying before, he's written five books and does five-hour shows on Sunday. I'm coming up on 2,000 hours of content inside of MOA Mentoring, and my course, the course itself, is 114 modules long. So we are the nerds that got made fun of in high school. We are. I happen to be the nerd that hosts the two biggest bikini competitions in the world, Mm -hmm. but we're still the nerds that got made fun of in high school. So that's the thing. Like For a lot of people, it's hard because I ask you to read a book. Uh, Going back to what you said before, what do we do now? Patrick Bed David has the thing about I, I think uh, opportunity or the future looks bright. Of course, right? Yeah. He says that future looks bright. The greatest, literally wearing it on my wrist right now. Beautiful. Future looks future, bright. Future looks bright. There's another one though. Stephen Pinker has a great book called Enlightenment. Now, have you ever read that? No. Oh. So the book is basically about how we're in the safest time ever, with actually the lowest amount of police brutality. Mm-hmm. Poverty has been cut in half. Half of sixty uh, percent of African American males are now in the middle class. All these things that we just, I mean, if you ask, we ask people, is violence down or up? I was talking to uh, this girl I'm seeing. Is like, do you think there's more or less violence now? She's like, oh, there's more. I'm like, you. Have, and then I showed her. I made her sit and watch all quiet on the Western Front with me. And I'm like, you belong to the most violent species that has ever existed on this planet. Mm-hmm. This is by far the most peaceful time in existence. You think you have all these problems. The va- People don't know this. Before 1850, the maj- half of the human population died before the age of five. Right now in 2022, half the world's population lives on less than a dollar a day. You have no idea like how bad it was before. Things have gotten magnificently better. So the reality of the situation is where do we land on this? I am, I am of the opinion that I enjoy the demise. Right? To me, it's like 
I, I'll be honest with you, selfishly, because of all the stuff that's happened, it's made my dating life the easiest it's ever been in my life. And it's probably the same, you've experienced the same thing. You look successful, and like, if a girl just like checks you out and just, oh, you have 100,000 subscribers on you, you do a podcast on money, wait, who are you interviewing? I'm sure you have no problem whatsoever, whatsoever because here's the reason. For the three of us, our competition are 22 year old guys that they're, they, their claim to fame is that they have 50,000 subscribers on TikTok. Yeah, right. That's literally our competition. It's yeah. not really competition League anymore. of Legends on Twitch. Yeah. It's so crazy whenever like, I talk to girls now. I, I feel like the other men they talk to are not competition to me whatsoever because I actually have my shit together. Yeah. I have one of my female friends, she's a playmate, and she's like, every dude she dates, she's like, I have to pay for his lifestyle. And I was like, that's why we never dated. I will never let you pay for my shit ever. And she just like looked at me stunned and she was because that's what she's used to because she's in her 20s. And so that's that's part of the issue. Like I to be can we change it? I don't know because I think it's a function of evolutionary pressure. What I do know is that it has never been while yes, we're talking about the top 20% of men getting all the attention, it has never that group of men has never been smaller, but the admittance to that group has never been easier to get into. Mm. It has never been easier to to become a um, high ticket salesperson, to become a copywriter. It's never been easier to, to become an affiliate. Mastery. Ex- a, a, a Robert Greene's book, Mastery, is yeah. fantastic because you, as it, it speaks to what you're saying. It's yeah. like it's never, the, the barrier to entry to mastery has never been never lower been at easier. any time in history, but people are have never been as lazy and yeah. as lethargic as they are. You have access to basically the world's knowledge right here in the palm of your hand. Imagine you going back in time just 20 years and saying, I've got this thing called the, an iPhone or whatever, and I can show you. Oh, you want that? It's like uh, Encyclopedia we, Britannica. We remember I got it right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. Don't get me wrong, but I think one of the problems that a lot of people are having right now, and I wrote about this in, in book four, is that we're transitioning from, like, say, the 20th century into the 21st century right now. We're still thinking in terms of 20th century ideals and how things ought to be from a 20th century perspective. Well, we have information all over the place. You and I don't have a doctorate in evolutionary science psychology no. we don't we don't have the the uh, specialization of certain doc but we have access to all of their information so that we can connect the dots that they are either unwilling or unable to connect themselves that's why i get frustrated with guys like dr david buss uh you know jordan peterson uh, and a lot of other people too because they're either unwilling or unable to connect those dots because they're either protective of their, you know, their position or their tenure or whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be the, you know, those guys, but I still have access to all of that, that information. And if I don't, I know that I can go and find out what yeah. it is. So when I do that and I, just asking the right questions is enough to challenge those old order 20th century beliefs. And if you want a real red pill versus blue pill, it's those old order beliefs and that old order 20th century way of thinking that is being challenged by the data that everyone has now because we've got access to the internet and we can go and say, well, here's the study for this. And you get into the, these competing like, you know, research studies and metadata and all that other good stuff. But you, everyone on planet Earth has access to, to looking at these, you know, looking at this data that's in some cases might be as old as the last century, right? So you can find that information, you can do those tracks, you can do the, the, uh, the graphs and everything else and point out where we were and where we're at right now. And then you ask the question, what do you think? How does that challenge your ego-invested beliefs that you created or were based on the 20th century, but now we're in the 21st century and what are we gonna do about that? 
that is one of the reasons there's so much conflict politically between the woke and the and the, the lefties and the you know the based and the woke right or uh, so it can be political it could be religious it, like there's all kinds of data that is challenging religious texts and everything right now and the way that we deliver religion even is we have to have a blog we have to have a YouTube channel we have to have a live stream when we do our worship services we have to have all this stuff that is still rooted in the 21st century but the doctrine and the faith is still in the 20 well in some cases even for, you know, way further back than that. And then you've got like politics. We have, we have new, uh, we have 20, 20th century brands running for president in the 21st century. And so when we have to, we have to look at how we used to do things and how we're going to be doing things in the future. And that also applies to intersexual dynamics, which is our wheelhouse. And so this is popular now and it's contentious now. And the reason why it is, is because it's, a lot of people's beliefs, when we talk about blue pill and the guy's like sort of been conditioned his life to believe that you know women are one way, then the data is in their face every single day, every time they go on Twitch, every time or Twitter, every time they go on Instagram, and they see it live in real time. We're the media right now. This whole organization right now, just us being able to do this, we've never been able to do. Like the average dude has never been able to do what we're doing right now in human history. Right. And so we're, we're transferring information, but we're transferring information that like he knows stuff, I know stuff, you know stuff, but we're still rooted in the way that our values that were created, say in the 20th, 20th century or in the old order are being challenged into the new order and it applies across the board at this point. So I think when, when people have this conflict, you have to keep that in mind that we're, I think we're in a state of transition, we just simply don't know that we are. And that's why they call these guys scientists, by the way, because I'm over here just like I'm, I, I'm literally think, looking at beakers going on over here while mm -hmm. you're breaking this stuff down. Well, and people ask me, like, when do you think the pendulum is going to swing back, Rolo? Never. Never, because yeah, there I, is no fucking pendulum. You only you can learn the lessons and use the mm -hmm. data, but you you can't. What is it? You can't back. You can't put the car in reverse. You can't back into the future. Can't you have put the to genie back forward. in the bottle. The, yes. the Overton window always slides to the left. There was is there will be no Islamic caliphate to take over the United States. That is not happening. You can still have your opinion and in within your household raise your children the way you see fit, mm -hmm. and I encourage you to do so. But the idea that we're going to go back in time, that is not the way things are going to work. Now, there are benefits to this, and then there's problems to this. I choose to look at the benefits and try to make the best out of it. That's why I tell guys you have to be on social media because the guy, it's, not that, it's not that the social media in and of itself makes you attractive. It's that the guys who these women are dating are on social media, and they're killing you. They're lapping you. They're 10xing you with women. You don't have a chance unless you have some kind of profile that makes you not look like a child molester. That's what you have to have. <laughs> you need yeah, that thing, bro. They, they just look so weird with their yeah. plaid shirts and, a, and a, a, a photo that's out of focus while they're standing at a college football game in a tailgate. You think women are like wanting to see this? I yeah. tell guys all the time, like your Instagram is for status. Keep this photo on Facebook. Do you not understand what you're doing? The number one dating app in the world is Instagram. Yeah. You need to stop doing this. And it's so crazy how guys don't don't get that and it's just it, they like, don't want to play the game they, no, they, they, they feel they like they're so above the game and they don't want to be a, they don't want to play it or they they're self-conscious in play or they're not good players of the game yeah, they, at, so either uh, they either they fumble their way through it or they just go I'm gonna go MGTOW I'm gonna go black pill I'm gonna go call these girls on Access Vegas you know brats dolls with exactly. big tits and fake you know they're all yeah but that, that's not gonna work that's a victim mentality well, it's that, commiseration it's, and another thing Commiserating is never been easier than here in the 21st yeah. century. Right, you'll find someone online. Mm -hmm. Michael, about, about social media, I have a couple buddies that aren't on social media or aren't hyping up social media. Why? 
because they've already made their money. Yes. They're, they're married. They've got kids. No problem. Their whole that. thing is like, I've already done what I needed to do. I don't need to put my stuff out there for clout, for status, to kind of make myself look cool. Yeah. I've already gotten to that point of life. But if you're a 21-year-old dude, 18-year-old dude, 25-year-old dude, and you're just getting started, you have to be on yeah. social media. If you, are, if you are a billionaire, if you have won an NBA championship, if you have won an Academy Award, you don't need to listen to anything I'm saying. For 99% of you, you're normal fucking dudes. No one cares about you. Listen to me one more time. No one is coming to save you. No one cares about you. And if you choose to sit on your mom's basement and type comments on YouTube videos for the rest of your life, I promise you, you can avoid getting laid forever. It is not hard. It is very, very easy to not run a seven-figure business. It is very, very easy to never get laid. It is not difficult whatsoever. And all of you are going down that path. What has happened is now women can put up average social media profiles and get outrageous amounts of attention to the point where they actually get invited onto yachts and end up having sexual intercourse with celebrities. Men have average social media profiles and they look like child molesters. They look like fucking weirdos out in the backwoods and they have no idea what they're doing. Average for men is shit. Average for men is ter- for women is terrific. And as men, you have to understand. That's why always oh, first thing you do when we come into uh, men of action mentoring, fix your fucking Instagram. That's step number one. And we show you twenty examples of perfectly curated Instagrams. And yes, I know mine has a bunch of women on it. We have several Instagrams for per- for me- performing medical doctors and ER doctors. They do not have any women on their Instagram. We have three F eighteen pilots. We have one Ivy League professor or two Ivy League professors in the program. They don't have a bunch of women on their on their profiles. The other guys do. You need to show access to scarce resources. You need to show that you are higher status. You need for the woman to look at this and be like, this guy is not weird, and I would like to be where he is. It is not difficult to do that. It does not take a tremendous amount of money. And every day you don't do that, you are falling behind at a faster and faster rate. There has been ne- there has never in history been less poverty but the difference between the poorest and the richest in the world has never been a greater distance. It's the same thing here with social media. There has never been a greater distance between the most despot man who has absolutely no romantic upward mobility and the guy at the top who is having sex with 400 women a year. There's never been a time like this where there's been that bifurcation is the word I would use. So in order for you to get in that top 10%, that top 10%, 20%, now maybe it's 10%, that, is, that area is shrinking, but access to it has never been easier. Instagram is free. YouTube is free. Rule number four, social media is fake, and I'm okay with that. The world is not fair, and I'm okay with that. I'm a social media producer. I'm not a social media consumer. And if you understand that, then you would be shocked. My guys come in, and like within 60 days, they're like, dude, these girls are hitting me up. I had no idea what's going on. And it's like, you have no competition. You just look normal. Do you know how many men don't that they're have surrounded by? You don't know how many in- Indian men are hitting them up saying, I want to see Bob's and Vagine. Like, <laughs> like, that's, that's true. That's your that's literal true. We're laughing because comp- we know how much how true that is. Your, your, your literal competition are like these guys that are below zero. They're fucking horrible. If you can just learn to be normal. And that's what yeah. I did. Like that process of learning to be normal was lost on us as soon as the Facebook app was put on the iPhone in 2008. I am going back to unlock those secrets and then give them to men again. Yeah, I think that's so powerful what you're saying right now. And by the way, like, talk about serving game right there. What Rollo and Michael just kind of served up on a platter is so powerful. One of the phrases that I that I learned, we all learned during the during COVID, was this K-shaped economy thing. You're familiar with this? Maybe. So the economy, like, if you think of a K, mm-hmm. the rich get richer, yeah. K, and then the lower part of the K, the poor get poorer. So essentially, you know, more billionaires 
were created during COVID, mm. and more millionaires created during COVID, and more people got poorer and more desperate during COVID. This K-shaped yeah. economy that you're kind of referring to is the guys who are making their money, enhancing their status, increasing their clout, access to resources. They're getting paid and laid more than anybody these days. And meanwhile, the bottom of the fish pool is just, you know, waiting down there, trying not to drown. So I think what you're saying is just so powerful. Social media did not make it easier for men to meet women. It made it easier for 10% of men to meet all of the women. Yes. It made it incredibly hard for the bottom 33%. The GSS survey showing 28% of men having zero sexual partners in the last year between the ages of 18 and 30. It made it harder for the bottom 33% to have any chance of Correct. meeting any Average women. women don't want to have anything to do with average men. That's, That's right. There That's is no, me, right? They believe that they yes. are entitled to above average. Uh, anyway, powerful stuff right there. And if you look on Michael's Instagram, he's doing okay with the women, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I want to get a, this is sort of a rapid fire, um, fire if off. you don't mind. Um, Lightning round. You know, you talked about uh, the clout chasers. You did a whole segment on that. And... Um, there's some newcomers to the space, right? Okay. Some men, but a lot of women. Yes. And uh, there's also some haters. I want to get Rolo's perspective on some of the names. I'm going to fire your way, okay. if you don't mind, right? And, and, and this isn't so much of a word association, I'm but so just excited right now. maybe like a quick <laughs> summary mm-hmm. of what you're seeing out there and just say like, all right, this person's doing this. You know, this is describe who they are, mm-hmm. what they're contributing. And I'm not going to read any of the normal names that were that you've been asked about a million times oh, fresh and fit over here mm-hmm. or you know tate or this person that like there's some newcomers and there's some women out there mm-hmm. so i want to get your thoughts on this last week we had a guy called ricky Redpill come on mm-hmm. and he cited you and it was very complimentary of you mm-hmm. but he was also basically saying that he's he's the new guy he's the new king he's going to take over the red pill space mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on this gentleman I when I watched about half of that, I got about halfway through that. And by the way, Natalia, big props to you, because if Natalia can take you down and can question you to the point where you don't have a comeback to it, you don't belong in this space, my friend. Like, go back. I'm not saying you can't, you're not welcome. Go back and do your homework and do your reading and come back when you're ready, because you certainly aren't ready. Now, the other thing is the delivery is the uh, professional wrestler delivery. Uh, a guy like um, uh, John from Modern Life Dating does that very. He's Sergeant Slaughter. I mean, he can come out there and throw that, throw it out you, and be larger than life. But John knows his shit. Know your shit before you want to deliver it uh, in a, as flamboyant a way as you possibly. I'm not saying that there's, that's not welcome. There's definitely a market for that. That kind of delivery. It's not my delivery, but I'll, I know a lot of people who make it their delivery. And it's over the top, mm-hmm. and they do very well with it as long as they're rooted in the actual understanding. Until you can answer questions that Natalia can't like hold you, you know, can't yeah, hold you account for. Don't come here. Go back to the drawing board and come back in a year. Yeah, let me say one thing real quick. Like, Tom Brady, he's seen cover two, he's seen cover one, he's seen cover three, he's seen cover two buck, he's seen the eight-man engage yeah. eight, he's seen every blitz there is. If you do this long enough, you've seen every blitz, every coverage there is, and you have an answer for everything. I've been teaching this stuff since 08. I used to work for Mystery back in 2010. That's how long ago <laughs> this shit was. So uh, if you've done that in a while, you have an answer to all of it because it becomes your life. Does that make sense? All of this, if this is an actual belief that you have, then you can you can answer all these questions because you deal with these incongruities 
congruencies, and then they're not incongruencies after. I, I would say that if you, if that's going to be your delivery, <clears throat> it is even more incumbent upon you to know your shit, because what will happen is you will be you'll be so flamboyant that the mainstream will pick up on it and go, look, this guy right here is is the red pill, right? It's, it's almost like Tate. The reason why Tate was so popular is because of the delivery. It's like the stuff that he's talking about. We've been we've been hashing out in the manosphere for twenty plus years. But he's in the in the spotlight right now because of the delivery. Mm. Same thing with a guy like Ricky or whatever. Um, the delivery is like professional wrestling. But if somebody sees that and says, "Oh, he's a representative of the red pill," and "Oh boy, oh brother," you know, roll your eye, eyes kind of thing. That does no. That is a disservice to the people who have been doing this for a long time. The research and development department that have been doing this for a long time. Get your shit right and come correct and come back. Ah. Shots fired, Rolo. Well, um, shots fired. It's just no. like do better. I hear you. Mm. Um, you know, it's funny because um, you know you, you, you mentioned the manosphere and the red pill community, but there's a lot of women these days sure. that have definitely bro uh, kind of been this women thing. So have always wanted Every to week. come into male space. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. l- let me give you some names that I'm seeing out there that I've interviewed. We've interviewed. I've seen these people, yeah. mm-hmm. and maybe just see how they're doing. Maybe what you think that they're bringing to the table, what their mm-hmm. skill set is, what they're lacking. Go ahead. You're not one to pull punches. Just pearly things. Pearl. She's, Pearl's she's a hack. So- Pearl is a hack. A hack? Really? A hack, yes. Um, she, I know why she got into this. She wanted to do something very similar to Fresh and Fit. And I will tell you this, and maybe that's not fair to her at this point, but honestly, I think she's kind of a hack. And the reason why I say that is, and people have asked me this before, the reason I say that is because, do you remember when Howard Stern came up with the Howard Stern format, right? He had Robin is, is the Robin producer, Quitters and then he had the funny noise. By the way, this whole format, what we do, is very derivative from, from that format sure. from yeah, back in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, is, as a result of that, then you get all of these DJs and all of these morning shows that try to ape that same success that, that, uh, that Howard Stern did. The reason why Howard Stern was successful in the beginning, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Stern now, but back in the, back in the day... When he was when he was coming up in popularity, it was because he told the truth. Mm-hmm. It was because he was out there saying what people wanted to see. What he was going to say next, they wanted to see because it was new, it was radical, and it was cha- it was it was a disruptor of what was going on at the time. Fresh and Fit were a disruptor. I was a disruptor. Kevin Samuels was a disruptor. Those uh, uh, Andrew Tate is a disruptor. Okay, so people want to see what he has to say next. It's the same thing. But then there's always the guys, all these people who look at the template of the format and not the actual substance and not the actual person that is doing that. And so what my advice to even all you know, female creators right now is be in this because, you're, because you have a genuine interest in this and not because you see this as the next way to uh, start a new show. Because I will tell you what will happen is you'll be in this and then when the cycle comes around, and it will come around, when we get into the next uh, election cycle, you will see that all these people who are manosphere gurus will switch to becoming free speech gurus, or they'll be uh, political. They'll they'll jump on board with whatever the political party that they that they uh, associate with, and because that will be the new hotness, and they will uh, manosphere. We never knew ye, and they'll move on, and they'll move on to something else. Or when it becomes the going gets rough, yeah. and people start coming at the manosphere, and they have Lord knows I've gone through these cycles three times now. You'll be gone. Your show will be gone. 
and you will be moving on and pivoting to something else. When I see people pivot from being in the manosphere to being a free speech advocate, being a, a political advocate, being a religious advocate, whatever it is, when I see that shift, I go, you weren't in this because you authentically, genuinely wanted to be about the red pill. You were in it because it was a grift for you. Is there, is there anything that Parley Things could do to not be a hack? Well, she can stop asking me mm. to uh, pay me to help her and help. Uh, she's hitting up a whole bunch of other people to actually school her and give her an education and being better at this and it's like I'm not going to do that you need you shouldn't be coming to me or anybody else for that matter you should be doing that yourself because you need to be a self-starter you need to be an initiator again the difference between someone like say Pearl and like Torsha Torsha takes an interest in it she reads my essays from as far back as like 2011 and does shows on there that shows me genuine interest in the mm. material itself and not like, oh, I'm going to start a really great podcast and hope for the best and make some money off of it. You know, it, number one, thank you for being con uh, candid and um, and uh, being and being yeah. open about that. I mean, and again, nothing personal. I mean, I'm, I, I like her well enough. It's just that yeah. I don't think that she's in it for the right reasons. Well, there, Interesting. There, I'm going to go someplace else with this, but so for instance, I've been in the finance space for 16 years now, okay? When I first got into finance in 2006, everyone and their mother from Miami was getting into the real estate game, yeah. mortgages. Yeah. Everyone was yeah. doing that. And I was dabbling. Oh, maybe I'll do that. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on this, okay? Mm -hmm. 2008 happens. Everything crashes. I went from making a ton of money, losing uh, you know, uh, my income, but everyone from the real estate game got out of that guy, got out of mortgages. You talked about cycles and market cycles. I stuck into that for the last 15, 16 years, and believe me, went up, down, made my money, all right? There's, been, there's a hit for that. But you talked about that you've seen mm -hmm. cycles with this. You know, that's why, for me, as mm -hmm. an example, this, this show is on VT Money. Like, no matter what, if I can talk about dating, I can talk about politics, we talked about, are we red pill? I'm not red, we're red pill adjacent. We have sure. conversations. Mm -hmm. We had a debate with Ruslan. He's more, mm -hmm. obviously, a follower of Ruslan's Christ. Ruslan's a hack as well. Okay. Um, well, but, he is. He's all, about the, he's all about the delivery. He's all about being an influencer. Not, you know, I was talking, I'm going to talk with these guys from Iron Disciples tomorrow. They're actually coming down from Sarasota to meet me here in Miami to talk with them. They have a religious podcast, and they're about it. That's their topic. That's what they're 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 genuinely into the religious aspect. They're not trying to be a come up podcast. They're having these discussions because they genuinely want to have some sort of discourse and produce something that's substantial. When I see somebody who's trying to be you know trying to deliver their material and it looks like Mr. Beast, but it's the religious Mr. Beast, or it's the uh, it's the religious Rolo Tomasi, or it's the religious Kevin Samuels. That to me says you're more about the delivery and the actual being a podcaster influencer than what you're actually talking about in the first place. Interesting. And, and here's how I'm processing that, and I'm just going to kind of make it personal, and then we can talk about um, Ruslan, and we'll mm -hmm. bring it back to the subject here. Meaning, like, I'm always going to talk about money, success, status, and as a byproduct of that, you're going to get women, you're going to get access, you're going to have a good time, all that. I guess what I, I would process that if Ruslan ever stops talking about Jesus mm -hmm. and religion, then maybe the hack thing would be accurate. But he's always talked about that. So I, I wouldn't put him in a hack category. Like he's not shifting genres, right? So 
that that's how I'm processing that. But like, if he ever stopped talking about that, yeah, I'd be the first to say that. But that's all he's ever talked about, as far as I've seen his content. Like his Jesus Christ I NFT. See, I can see. But that's I another can thing. Put it yeah. this way: I can see yeah. it in the delivery. Is what I'm saying. Okay, so the delivery. The, and now I was gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a heavy metal uh, analogy here right yeah. now. The reason why a band like Slayer is popular from the time they started in in, in 1982 all the way up to when they retired in like 2017 is because yeah. they never stopped doing what they were doing. Even throughout all the all the changes in musical te- whatever, all the way up to to when they when they called it quits in twenty I think it's 2017, 2018, they never stopped doing exactly what they're doing. I've never pivoted to anything. Huh. I was joking about this the other day as a uh, like Milo Yiannopoulos is now heterosexual and is uh, a Catholic, right? And then you've got Roosh V, who was one of the most notorious pickup artists in history, is an Orthodox, you know, Christian. And now Andrew Tate has decided that he's going to, you know, uh, you know, convert to Islam. The only thing that's left for Rolla Tomasi is I got to be part of the Jews. So I'm going to be. I'm going to be. I'm, I got to convert as to a Jew. As I'm going to put you through the gamut. I'm not just going to accept your applications. But last couple but of days I, I want to say is like I yeah. have not changed my I've not pivoted to anything I've not yeah. changed my music since I started back in 2001 2002. And I think that's important. I think that's important to point out because you are the real deal in this space. Mm-hmm. And that's why like so for instance myself yeah I I would never say I am red pill. I no, I interview a lot of red pill people. We talked about being red pill adjacent. I like having conversations, but just the same I will interview a Blue pill guy, destiny type mm-hmm. guy, a Hafiz, a Ruslan. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm here to have conversations. I'm an arbiter of mm-hmm. society, an arbiter of truth. I would never put myself in your category. At the same time, there's a lot that the red pill says that I agree with, hundred <coughs> percent. So, couple a couple more names, and then we'll we'll move on to mm-hmm. uh, another subject. Um, you've done a lot of content with Jedediah. Mm-hmm. She's more of a political person mm-hmm. that's entered this space. Mm-hmm. You've also done content with Leia. Leia is more of a Bitcoin advocate, libertarian. I did one. She's also entered mm-hmm. this space. Mm-hmm. So as far as those women, you said, you know, you well, called okay, pearly so, things a hack. So I would well, say. How would you describe Jedediah or Leia? Let's, let's start with Leia. She's easier. Uh, Leia had one encounter with Andrew Tate, and she has pivoted over to being a, an authority on Andrew Tate. Uh, I don't know if she's now part of Hustle's University or whatever, but she almost seems like she's the an advertising department for Andrew right now. All this, and by the way, I know people in the crypto sphere. Miguel, for for example, I know uh, Trader SC. Shout out to you guys. People in the community look at her and they call her a crypto thought, and she's a crypto thought because she's pivoted from being about, all about Bitcoin over to now suddenly she wants to talk about social dynamics and she wants to talk about the matrix and she wants to talk about uh, I don't know what you name the buzz terms that that she has, has sort of parroted back from Andrew Tate. So I look at that and I say, okay, when I was discussing red pill stuff with her, we had a good conversation. It was back in like June, right? And now I see that it's she her she built a brand based on crypto and Bitcoin and now has done a 180 because the new hotness again is the manosphere. And by the way, another person who will be caught ass out when we get back into like the mid you know 2023 when we get into the election cycle once again. Uh, as far as Jedediah is concerned, Jedediah started out from coming in from The View. So she was Politics. already in that old order, like commercial television side of things. That was actually one of the first questions I asked her in the first interview. I said, how does it feel coming from like The View and Fox News and being a pundit to being in well, what didn't look as nice as, uh, as it does now in here, but it was like in renovations at that time. And she's like, well, you know, I'm just rebuilding myself and putting things back together again. And I respected that once the minute uh, that I met her. Now, she has changed her tune as well 
And she had, oh, on our show just yesterday, she was saying, you know what, I want to thank you. There were certain things I was wrong about. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so I was talking to her. Uh, can you say that a little <laughs> louder? So, <laughs> but here, here's the thing is if you want to know what, why I would have more respect for Jedediah than all the rest of the names that you've mentioned is that if you go and you look at our first interview mm-hmm. and then you look at our last interview, there is a qualitative difference, a big contrast between that, between Jedediah of July of 2022 mm-hmm. and Jedediah of December 2022. Go look at those and you'll understand why I have more respect for Jedediah now as, as opposed to, to before. She still talks about social issues, but she's really, her, her bread and butter or meat and potatoes is, is in the manosphere and throwing stuff out there as far as like buzz clips and, and, and TikToks. And, well, I don't think she has TikToks, but like reels and stuff like that. And she asks questions to get the conversation going as opposed to trying to push it out there just for the sake of pushing it out mm. there as an advertisement. Let me ask you a question. So I think what we're saying here, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's nothing wrong with pivoting, right? All right, mm. I was doing this. Everyone and now I'm how, about, how about it, admit you're pivoting? Yes. Don't act like you've been, yeah, right. you've been pivoted board. 10 Here's years ago. Question. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with pivoting. I've always been a Jew. When I'm you change be careers <laughs> every two years, Oh, I was doing real estate. Now I'm doing this. Now I'm doing mortgages. Yeah, now this, I'm in the this, crypto business. The who's now I'm opening up a club. Yeah. Now I'm doing this. That's where it gets a little dicey. For sure. But mm-hmm. like, if you've always been in Vegas and nightlife, yeah. like Michael, but like, all right, that's your bread and butter, just like me and, and finance and insurance and investments yeah. is my bread and butter. And I'll throw in a little sizzle of relationships and a little sizzle of crypto and a little sizzle of dating and red pill. But you have a bread and butter. You're not pivoting and jumping and changing careers. I think that's what you're talking about here is if you're just following trends mm-hmm. and just following over hot topics, you're, you're right. destined to fail because you're always going to be chasing do you, something. Do you remember all those fucking Golden State Warriors fans that just came out of nowhere when they started winning <laughs> champions? They were yeah, so their names annoying. are Kevin Durant. Yeah. Their names are it was so annoying. I was, like, like, here, tell me, I was like, tell me all about Troy Murphy and a Donald Foyle. Like, can you name? Yeah. I started showing mm-hmm. them pictures. Tell me about Monte Ellis. Yeah, show, show me. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about these. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was so funny. I would show them pictures of old Warriors. Like, can you name any of these players? And they had no idea. I was right. like, it's no. So you understand? It's Chris annoying. Mullen and Tim yeah, Hardaway. Tim Right. Mm-hmm. Latrell Sprewell. Exactly. They're like they have no idea. That's how it feels. Yeah. Right. It's just okay. like it's one of these things where you pivot. Like honestly, I was I got into uh, the financial space in 2013 when I started selling stock options. Right. And I did that for the last nine years. But I'm not going to sit there and pretend to tell you, man, I remember the crash of 01. That was a bitch. No, I wasn't trading during the crash of 01. I was I just got out of college. So that's I think that's where I think people get a little bit annoyed. They're like they're like Warriors fans. They just came out of nowhere. Bitch, you weren't a Warriors fan before. And when they start losing, you won't be a Warriors fan again and so that that's kind of the situation where he's talking about it's okay to pivot just admit you pivoted mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying just like admit you're taking steroids don't lie and say you're not taking steroids just tell the truth we don't have a problem with it i, think I wish it, more people would admit they're taking steroids yeah. seriously i, I think that would be, be cool board about it you know in fact i think people would have more respect for you if you said oh, okay i'm not about that anymore now i'm going over here at least then you know who you're dealing with yeah mm-hmm. like like I was saying, just to give you the Slayer analogy again, like if Slayer started doing disco somewhere in the '70s, or or if they started like changing their their gr- it's grunge Slayer, you would you would not you would lose respect for them because they built their whole their whole you know brand the band the music is all based on what they were in 1982 all the way through to well, the end of their career. Stay true to who you are. It's like when when Lil Wayne did his rock album, people are like, "What just mm-hmm. happened here?" Oh, he's maturing. S- as since, a since I I gave a plug for myself talking about money, let me ask a, a mm-hmm. money question. Uh, we talked about Kiyosaki, and by the way, mm-hmm. if you're uh, not feeling your mm-hmm. best right now, we're sending our best to you, yes. hey, Kiyosaki, right now, for sure. So I recently interviewed Kiyosaki, and here's what I told him. Yeah. I said, interview's coming out this week. 
I said, Robert, I don't want to talk to you about real estate. I don't want to talk to you about the economy. <laughs> I certainly do not want to talk to you about politics. He gets, mm -hmm. said, all I want to talk to you about is dating and relationships. Oh, he goes, boy. all right. He goes, I got to tell you, I was a big fat beta, beta loser. Yeah. And he gave you a lot of props <laughs> and a lot of credit. So we had this mm. conversation with Rolo, which leads me to my question about money. So these days, I'm sure you've answered this, mm. but these days, you know, I talk about women that need to be a men, be a provider, be a protector, having presence, all these P's we talked about. But the provider concept is mm -hmm. sort of an antiquated term because women don't need your money anymore. You talked mm -hmm. about the, everything with the alpha pays and mm -hmm. uh, uh, alpha, alpha lays, beta what, pays, yeah. alpha fucks, beta, beta bucks. bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, these days, um, women feel empowered because they don't need a man's money. They're making more money than or ever. Or They're perceptually, they believe that they've uh -huh, done that too. That's I'm my question. They, you know, they're going to college more. They're getting more jobs. Mm. They're, everything is favor of the women and they're making their money. Mm. So at the end of the day, everything kind of boils down to money is the fact that they're making more money and the fact that they have more empowerment with mm. money, is that sort of the underlying situation here with everything that's happening with intersexual dynamics? What role does money play in all this? I think that, like, okay, so when we're looking at provisioning, uh, you're look that powerful men over the course of history have been defined by three things, right? Resources, territory, and access to virginic, young, hot, younger, hotter, tighter women, okay? When Andrew Tate starts talking about how, you know, you know, dynastic emperors of China, that's where this is coming from. But the, you can take that and scale that down to the average guy now, too. So it's, it's uh, what's your job like? What's your status like? What's your affluence like? What is your physique like? What, is your social, what are your social skills? Money, muscles, game, right? So you can break those things down. Is any one of those more important than the other? That's really what the question comes, comes to. And those all go back to evolutionarily, biologically determined because sexually dimorphic species, women look for men who have resources, territory, and is he somebody that all my girlfriends want to fuck? And so when we say, well, you know, the provisioning of the produce, you know, providing side of things is less necessary. I think the perception is there, but that doesn't that doesn't mean it has reprogrammed women's firmware. So even when, like we've talked about this before, is that when uh, statistically speaking, research shows that like one, the number one precipitator of divorce of, of of married couples is that when the woman gets a, a promotion at work or she gets more money, she goes from making one, like they're making even and now she's making a whole lot more, yep. that's when the divorce starts and of course women initiate 70 to 80% of divorces. Does that mean she doesn't need provisioning anymore? No, she just needs more from that guy to level up and get more so he becomes more desirable in money, muscles, and game because now he's deficient in one of those, of the, the holy triumvirate, right? And so is the necessity of it or is the impression of it or is the biological evolved subconscious need for provisioning, even if it's something that's like as simple as making like a few bucks more than she is, is that go away? No, it doesn't because we're still the same machines. We're still the same, the same uh, evolutionary firmware is still present in her and in the man too because also the guy's like, well, now I'm dead weight. Now he's no better than a child. Because in the, in the in evolutionary scheme of things, men protect and provide for women, women protect and provide for the children. Because women are the vulnerable sex, men are the protector sex. We have an innate protector uh, instinct in, in men. That's why men will put themselves in front of live ammunition when there's an active shooter. 
women that they don't even know. There's a, 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 a biological, uh, a mm. physiological, psychological uh, instinct for men to protect women because they, on some level of consciousness, in our firmware, we understand that women are vulnerable and children are vulnerable. And so we apply that sort of vulnerability to women and to the children as well because we know that children need, to, need parental investment to survive. It's just simply part of our species firmware. It's how we're wired. Does that go away because she's making more money than you are? Or should she condition herself? Is it even possible for her to condition herself to say, you know what, honey, I know you're a garbage man and you don't make as much money as me as the CEO of this company right now, uh, but that's okay, I'm still hot for you. I, I'm, I've got to evolve past that somehow. That doesn't happen. Statistically, we can see that that doesn't happen. So to say that that ought to be the case, I don't deal in shoulds. I deal in what is. And what is is that's the number one precipitator of divorce. The, my, my only follow-up to that is, you know, we can look back in history, right? And for, for, for eons, it's been a certain way. But we can all agree that times have changed massively over the yeah. last yeah. 20 years. Internet, access, yeah. everything. Disruption, mm -hmm. disruption. You were oh. a disruptor. Everything. So mm -hmm. I guess my question is, how much of for eons of what has been known will continue to be that way versus are we in a schism right now? It's like mm -hmm. what once was no longer is and things have changed infinitely. You want to answer Internally, that? Internally, the firmware will stay the same. For, for there to be an like a change in natural selection, that's going to take like 40,000 generations. And because we're the apex predator on the planet, there's no evolutionary pressure for us to change. The answer is, are homo sapiens smarter or dumber? They're both. The dumbest people who have ever existed are on this planet. Mm -hmm. The smartest people who have ever existed are on this planet. They're the tallest and the shortest they've ever been. All of those things are true because there's 8 billion humans on the planet and 400,000 fucking elephants. We won. Mm -hmm. the all 90% of the large land mammals on the planet are pigs, chickens, and horses. We took over this whole planet. There's no more evolutionary change. So from an evolutionary biology standpoint and an evolutionary psychology standpoint, this this phenotype is going to be the same for probably the next three, 4,000 years. Mm -hmm. But culturally, we're going to change quicker and quicker. And the only actual evolutionary change, I think, would be the ones that Ray Kurzweil talks about, which is a chip in our amygdala, artificial intelligence changing the way we date yeah, and see the world. Genetic engineering would Gen be one, too. Elon, yeah. Link, uh, Gen Elon, Elon Link. Elon Link. Neuralink. Elon Musk. Eugenics or the function of... Or a function of where we get androids and sex robots that are so realistic, where it sounds funny, the idea of us having sex with a sex robot. Imagine being 14 and that's your first encounter with a woman. You, and, then, and it's perfect. It's always perfect. When you're 15, when you're 16, your encounters with women are these perfect android robots. And then you meet a real woman and she's on her period. And you're like, fuck this, I'm going back to the robot. It seems <laughs> funny now. It, it is, seems yes, funny now. Yeah. But you get ready for a time where we're going to see a bifurcation of the genders. This is what nothing Ray Kurzweil talks about. There's a possibility where you start taking 23 alleles from two separate women. They have a baby together. You don't even fucking need men at that point. So these are the realities that some of the things that we may look yeah. at in the future. Uh, I should also say that the the question of nature versus nurture has been over for a very long it time. It is fucking it's, genetics, bro. It, I was going to say is is nurture exists because of nature. Yes, it's eighty five percent nature. That kind of goes back to the uh, like, can we change our programming? Well, we can. We can condition ourselves to you know to do things that we wouldn't innately naturally do like we when, human beings never evolved to drive cars but we can do it we could have to go and train ourselves we have to be you know, at 16 we can take our driver's test and we have to go and do that we never like specifically evolved like adaptations to actually be able to drive cars so 
uh, is the does that change the? Uh, but we've been driving cars for how long now? Does that mean that it is suddenly like reprogrammed our firmware for the future? No, it hasn't. We still have to learn those things. Can we overcome? aspects of our nature by condi by reason and rationality yes we can but it still means that the operative state of whatever the organism is whether it's a human being or whatever animal it that the firmware that was that that made that animal that organism successful in the first place is still there the very need to actually condition that proves that that's that's the, the state of, of that particular animal and this, so as far as what you're saying is like is when is uh, society going to change is whatever as I was saying before, the old order way of thinking and the new order way of thinking, just what he was saying is when I, uh, when I was talking about genetic manipulation is we're, at, we're there right now. We can, we can, we've plotted the human genome. We can make tailor-made babies. We can make, if you want blue, your baby to have blue eyes, you want a boy, a girl, whatever. What we're, have, what we're going to be faced with is our ideologies of this time are going to influence what we think is normal going forward. So for instance, if you've probably heard many homosexuals say that they were born this way, that they, they can't help themselves, it's a genetic thing. If that's true, and I don't believe that it is, but if that is true, then would it be appropriate to genetically manipulate your baby so you will have a heterosexual baby because we want to take homosexuality out of the that, human that's race? What is that right is. or is that wrong? Yeah, yeah. and that, that guy that fucking uh, Kanye West is a huge fan of, who thinks is great, that was his idea also. Eugenics. Yes. Well, that like Down syndrome. If you're going to find that your baby is going to have Down syndrome, you go, oh, it's okay, guy. I can correct that. Guy. that. The guy, yeah. the, the one who burned down the Reichstag in 1939, that yeah. guy. That, that yeah. whole guy. So the question is, it's no longer about can we. We can. Should we do that is the uh, next yeah. thing. And that's going to be based on what you think is right and wrong. I got to tell you, I've got like 17 more questions. But Let's do it. We're running out of time here. Uh, we, to we got, ask, we, let's ask Pat. Pat, can we just keep going? Pat, can we do this? Just keep going, Pat. Just give us a thumbs up. Here's what I want to do. I actually want to have fun with you. Nat, why don't we get to the super chats now? Yeah. We do not have time to answer questions. Okay. So just give names, comments, money. Just talk shit. Give them a shout out. Just talk, talk shit. shit. Say what you want to say. <laughs> do that. And we got to have a round two of this for yes. Access mm. Las Vegas, okay? Yes. Yeah. So go ahead, Nat. Do your thing. Awesome. So we got some super chats. Thanks for the super chats. We've got Mohammed Rashid. Uh, gentlemen, red pill critics like Adam say polygamy is extremely rare. True, but let's make a distinction between formal and informal. Formal is rare, but how common is one man, uh, many women informally? You're going to find out happy. soon. It's called polygyny. Polygyny. Yep. Good to know. Thank you. Uh, then I have another one by Happy. I really appreciate you all. The Internet Red Pill Bridge Troll uh, just externalized failures by judging. Instead of being a man and taking accountability, keep doing God's work. MOAMentoring.com. That's correct. <laughs> by the way, real quick, make sure that we have their links. both their links below. Rational Mail, Rational Mail Clips, MOA, Access Las Vegas, yeah. all that below. Yes. Nat, get into the mic. You're, you're... I'm sorry. I'm okay. trying to get in there, okay? Get in that mic. <laughs> then we have another one by Muhammad. What do you think of Red Pill critics, specifically Destiny and Abba, who've never read Rolo's who never read Rolo but have a strong opinion on the red pill. They are confidently ignorant of everything that I have ever heard that is a critique of it. They are confident in their ignorance. Then they said, unfortunately, they have strong influence on how it's yeah. perceived. Yeah, unfortunately. They're unfortunately. confidently ignorant of what... I have no idea why anyone goes to them and interviews them about, hey, let's talk about the manosphere. It's like, you know nothing. Why are you mm. talking to these people? Mm. Then we have another one by Hater, $100. Ask him if he's read Women Over 30 Without Partners study. 
Have you read that? No, but I'll I will find out for you. I'll Do it tonight. To go read. I'll read it. it tonight. And what's it called? Say that again. Uh, women over thirty without partners. Okay. And that's by who? That's from Hater. 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 Thank you for hundred dollars. While we're here, while we're here, whenever you say. Oh, there's this study out there that says that women between the ages of 25 or 24 yes. and 45 will be single and childless by the third. That is the Morgan Stanley rise of the she economy Correct. Uh, thing. Be sure you attribute that next time because I well, hear you. You, you, you always draw you always that, that out. I, I, you I, use the you, you that's you, the way well, you do, the way you say it is like there's a study out there. Use the, the Morgan, use Stanley, Morgan Stanley, Stanley. Correct. Yeah. And by the way, and which I, is 2018. A, a lot of this episode, I'm giving you yeah. props. Mm -hmm. You're the one that told me about yeah. that study. Yeah. So give props no, I'm just to saying, people I'm just saying like, So when, when you're citing sources, yes. it like, because what will happen is people go, oh, that was in 2018. That's, the, that's yeah. no longer relevant. They'll come back at you with that. Morgan Stanley. Hmm? Well, Rolo, you know this. They're going to come back at you forever. <laughs> They're going to fuck with you. Know? What? Then go we ahead, have uh, Jimmy Dallas. Hey, Rolo, is Dr. Phil going to put your clips on YouTube? If so, any idea when? I got no uh, earthly idea. They told me it was going to be two to three weeks after the shooting. And um, uh, quite honestly, I think they're probably just waiting for the right. They're waiting for the right time and the right Wait. time will be the next time Andrew Tate becomes really outrageous because that <laughs> episode was really more about Tate than anything else. Nice. Then we have Mohammed again, $20. He said the cruise of Red Pill is tragic life of the bottom X percent. Why do Red Pill critics spend so much time criticizing Tate instead of this strategy? Seems like a tactic admission that they don't have solution. Sounds right. It's cognitive dissonance. That's the answer. There That's the go. actual answer. Yeah. Nice. Uh, then we have a uh, chalk tea pearl parrots information without doing the proper research to confirm what she's saying is true. But but to also no sources confidently ignorant. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think we had that was it. Then we had some this one. Uh, SJ five dollars. Rolo, what's up with book six? What's the theme? <laughs> Lastly, oh really? <laughs> Rolo, come on, get another book. Rolo. Rolo. Let's go. Kevin Rolo, Rolo. George R. R. Martin. We're yeah, waiting on book six. I know. Uh, the the Rational Mail series is done. I will. I am actually working on an outline for a new book, but it will not be part of the Rational Mail series. But yeah, you're, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's on its way. Uh, I'm only one man. And right, that awesome. is our super chats. Thank you for the super chats, guys. We thank really you. appreciate Gracias. it. Nat, thank you. What was yes. your biggest takeaway for today's episode? Nat? Oh, I had so much takeaways. Um, I think it was just really understanding um, kind of, I don't even know where to start. Uh, let's see. Now I think understanding the social media side of things and kind of like the evolution of how people yeah. are dating today. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really, really important because we get so caught up in like back then and, you know, how things were. Um, and today, you know, you see the difference in lifestyle and social media. And I think if you're able to use it to your advantage, like Michael said, you know, you really can change your life in different ways. So um, and I really appreciate the conversation today. You can feel the depthness and the studies and the, the time that you guys put into this information. And, you know, we interview a group amount of people and I'm, I'll tell you, I can feel when it's just BS. You I can know, tell you know, you've like, been doing your homework too. I, and it's, it's because of being in the, you know, on Jedi and Sauce mm -hmm. and learning this stuff. And it allows me to create a perspective and really take in the information and make a decision for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, like, do I agree? Do I disagree? They make a valid point, even though I don't like it. it mm -hmm. You know, it... it 
has created for me to be a little more well-rounded. Um, I just don't want to get absorbed in it too much because then I feel like the world is there's so much you know out I know. there. I know it's like it's really hard to talk about stuff that are like unflattering truths because it sounds like it's very negative. That's the right. number one complaint. Everyone says you guys are so negative. You don't have any solutions. I, you know, I think that having this these conversations is very positive. I think yes. that having this information, having accurate information that allows you to develop new like best practices mm-hmm. to develop you know, to live a better life is just because you lack the creativity and the insight to be able to use that information doesn't say anything about the quality of that information. I happen to think I don't agree with the. Uh, the, uh, the the enjoy the decline narrative. I'm I think we're very much we should be a whole lot more optimistic than we are. It's just that we can't get past the abyss of thinking that all right. of this stuff is very negative. It's not if you can use it to your you can leverage it to your advantage right. and not look at it from like a victim perspective. Like if mm-hmm. you listen to the context and you feel attacked, then I think there's something wrong with you. I think mm-hmm. you're not listening to the content in an open mind. Um, so I've learned through the interviews with all of you guys, um, just a different perspective, and I'm super grateful for it. Awesome. So. Thank you, Nat. Well, yeah. uh, if I may, yes. Rolo, Michael, this has been awesome. It's been yes. a long time coming since Rolo's been back again. here. <laughs> I've been following Michael since you introduced me to mm-hmm. all this. So, um, hey, And thank I will you. continue to introduce you to quality thank you. creators. And I, I, yes. I, 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 I do appreciate it. Uh, what you have done as far as uh, introductions and status and education has not gone unnoticed and anytime your name comes up mm-hmm. I always give you the credit you that do. you deserve mm-hmm. so that's why I was very interested in asking you that question sure. today about are you getting the credit you deserve because some people are more bombastic mm-hmm. some people have more quick edits whatever mm-hmm. but at the end of the day uh, you are one I'm of the more, original I'm, I, sources I'm not really interested in credit as much as I'm interested in accuracy so mm-hmm. I don't have to cover for the mistakes of people who are inaccurate uh-huh. well thank you for being here and if you like what Michael's got going on yeah. we're running a remix with Michael tomorrow he's going to be the one man on a show with a panel of ladies yeah. I don't know Michael <laughs> if you've ever been surrounded by ladies before I don't know if that's something I'm you've nervous done right now. I know I'm you're very nervous, nervous yeah. to have three, four, five Can ladies all around Can you. I be a judge? But, um, <laughs> but thank you guys for being here mm-hmm. if you guys have not subscribed to Valuetainment to Valuetainment Money mm-hmm. to everything we're doing here we appreciate it if you would give a like give a subscribe if you want to have see guys like this come back Um, This is what we do here. So thank you guys. Take care. And we'll see you tomorrow with Michael. Thank you, Rolo. Peace out.